The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. And that sound effect that you just heard comes from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! Uh, um, artist extraordinaire, uh, agent underscore 70. Also, if you check his Instagram and uh, check out his uh, Inktober stuff. Yep, yep. Please follow me there. I'm about halfway through, and I am on time with today's entry as well. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I know he's sometimes has has uh, not necessarily struggled with that, but has kind of worried about it in the past. <laughs> of course, it's not easy to keep up with those, you know, one thing a day challenges. That's tough. Yeah, you know, especially something creative like that, you got to come up with, uh, you know, with something and, and time to draw it too. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, shout out to everybody doing Inktober and Blacktober and all that kind of. Exactly. Good There's stuff. all sorts of different variations. So, yeah, shout out to all of you artists and people who are uh, participating in in one of those challenges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you can find this here podcast on. The Coastal the Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this podcast on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, or the so-called Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Kind of funny. You can tell how tired I am by how much I stumble through the, uh, through the uh, beginning of this, but that's a little you know, behind the scenes. Um, you can also, uh, well, actually that's pretty much it. Cause I was about to say, I get to the particulars of the, the live stuff, which is, Hey, we're on Twitch right now. And also YouTube at youtube.com slash the D click nation. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N where we record every week. So yeah, no, hello to everybody in both of those places. Uh, but as we do, as I'm ch- doing some checks, 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 and more checks, we're going to get started with some books, uh, and we're going to start off with Amazing Spider-Man number 50. Right, so we are coming right on the heels, right on the heels of the big anniversary issue, issue number 850. This is technically 
legacy numbering issue number 851, but it is number 50 of the current run. Indeed. And we get the... Actually, I didn't. Uh, I totally forgot that this thing has been going on for quite a while, for a couple of years. What, Fifty issues. Well, that. Well, there. I'm just saying, a couple of years. Um, right. But absolutely. Right. They have been double shipping, so it has been a couple of years. Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, they have double shipped this book now. That is, I know they've been definitely doing it for the bulk of this year. If I'm not right. mistaken. So, but I can't know. I don't know if it was like, or maybe the bulk of last year. So, but um, because well, obviously COVID and all that this year. But right. I think they've been. I think they did do some double shipping. So I think it's been two plus years. Uh, I'd have to take a look real quick to see exactly when Nick Spencer's amazing Spider-Man run started. But um, it started with the with the mystery of who Kindred was. And guess what? We find out, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. We find out in this issue who Kindred is, and I'm going to ring the spoiler bell. We probably won't drop who it is, but just in case we do, I'm warning you in three, two, one. Yeah, I would probably still let that be. The, the, although I'll, I will say that the folks who got it right got it right. I got um, it right! <laughs> in fact, yes, yeah, so if we go back to last week's show... Uh, in our discussion of, because I think was that during the show when we talked. I think it was during the show when when you had asked me about who I thought yeah. it was, um, and I didn't have a have much of an idea. But yeah, you were, yeah, you were pretty much spot on. Like and, and as I was saying before we started this program tonight, um, even going into reading this thing, this is this issue, kind of had me um, re-examining some thoughts from last weekend and just in general, because I actually, I wasn't really thinking about, you know, who it was at all. Cause it was like, well, even if it was somebody from this past, I'm like, okay, this ought to be, you know, something I didn't want to spoil. So I didn't read the article, you know, the articles that have been like, well, who's the speculation, you know, who's who it could be, who it could be, that kind of stuff. And I think right. you had yeah. read, or at least you had seen, I don't know if you read any of them, but. I did see, I did see the headline, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to avoid going to and and shout out to uh, uh, at Tim Dog ninety eight who uh, obviously put out who puts out a lot of content for um, uh, comic book resources. He put some something important out today for them as well mm-hmm. um, that we'll probably talk about later. But uh, um, I did see a headline that hit across my I believe it was my Facebook feed uh, uh, sometime Wednesday that said, oh, the identity of kindred is blank. And I was like, I'm oh, not clicking on that. Exactly. Not getting that way. And normally I would, because I'm doing the, I mean, sometimes I would, because I'm doing the news and supposed to happen. But in this case, I was like, I'm going to slide past that one. It isn't because I know it's out right now. Right. Um, or no, those type of articles are out right now, but I didn't even think to do it. In fact, I will probably look up what Tim put up while we're doing this. If I don't already have it, I'm not sure if I do. Oh, you mean about today's? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I was about to say it's it's uh it's pretty standard stuff, especially if you got the DC Nation uh, announcement. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do have some of that, and I'm not sure if I like I kind of pull from news around mine. I think I might have pulled from Tim also. Uh, but anyway, regardless, we get to that later. So yeah, the the identity is known. It it's definitely a person. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, oh, no. Speaking of Tim. Wow, that's kind of... Well, that happens. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah. But, 
Uh, I'm sorry. We've got uh, some <laughs> little back channel talk going on here. Um, but yeah, definitely finding out who it was. And I know there was an article I saw earlier saying, well, yeah, it was kind of anticlimactic. And I could kind of see where that was going. But at the same time, like, I was kind of actually still shocked by it because, like I said, that was the whole reason for me not to actually, you know, see any reveals. And I was actually, for some strange reason, I felt like they weren't even going to do a real reveal in this issue. But I guess it makes sense for them to do that because they're trying to turn the corner and get into the rest of the story. Right. So um, I, and, uh, I got a kick out of the fact that this is another, you know, extra sized, more expensive issue. Exactly. It's like back to back, man. Right. I was like, wow. It is just because, yeah, as a matter of fact, that was the first thing I did. I was like, let's see how many pages this was. I'm like, huh, okay. Let's let their. Which you kind of figured they were going to do because I think I feel like there's probably been more little extra size issues than we, than we know of. Because, uh, you know, they're trying to pack a lot into this and even going the length as they're doing with this story. Right, they're putting on these these point one uh, issues as well for oh, the Spencer. Oh, we will definitely get to that because yeah, I I that's I've, coming up. Yeah, I have talked about I mean, we've talked about that in the past. Was like yeah, they, that's it's been good with the first couple of times I do it. And now it's getting to be a little bit much. Well, what's funny about it is that the ramifications of what happens in this issue lead directly into those point one point two issues because right. what happens in this issue is that the Sin Eater. Um, basically uh, completes his little side mission, right? In a sense, it's a side mission because, <laughs> who, you know, we, we know that he is obeying the, uh, the, you know, he's following the direction of Kindred. So the Sin Eater, is, you know, basically does his little side mission. Well, but he's... Kindred has... Go ahead. Sorry. No, Kindred has his, his, his greater objective. Hmm. I was going to say, no, he just outlives his usefulness. That too. Yeah. But in a sense, you know, he has his little side mission. He's the minion in this case. Right. And my notes basically said that uh, um, the Sin Eater was played like the pawn he was, like President Bartlett beating everyone at chess, at chess in Hartsfield's Landing. Uh, bear in mind, the West Wing reunion to benefit um, when we all vote is, is streaming on HBO Max. We are not getting paid for this plug. I'm just a West Wing fan. Um, <laughs> it is streaming on HBO Max as of today, October 15th, when we record this. So when you listen to this, it will have been on HBO Max for a few days. Yeah. If you catch this on podcast, that is. If you're watching this live, thank you. And uh, when we're done, you know, feel free to turn on HBO Max if you have it. Because I know a lot of people still don't. Or if, if you have other ways around it. Exactly. Channel. But yes, so this issue was pretty much went to, you know, kind of wrapped up one channel and I mean, uh, one uh, chapter and is starting another one, which uh, at the end of this, we found out to be going to, is going to be called Last Rites. Mm-hmm. Um, and of, of course, we found the, the identity of uh, who Kindred is, which, you know, um, I don't want to say the name is on the nose and because and, it's kind of not. Um, and that's what actually another thing that was, that was kind of making me think about stuff. Cause it's like, well, the whole thing about, you know, Sin Eater, uh, uh, you know, what he does or who he digs up in this uh, particular issue and all the past stuff with, with Sin Eater, I was like, well, somebody had to be related to side of that, but I still wasn't thinking that person. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, I was thinking, I was like, well, maybe it's a person directly affected by, you know, someone from seniors past who's pulling the strings and, you know, it's got a long play for Spidey or something like that. Could have been another clone of Gwen Stacy for all we knew, you know, right. <laughs> that that was exactly. long thought dead. Um, exactly. But that being said, like, the, 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 it was still enough. It was like, okay, this makes total sense. And I probably should have picked it up. Long, uh, and I'm pretty sure if we go back and read it, it's probably worse clues to kind of pick up who it was. Right. You know, Right. Even uh, though just, it's even though the it seems like well okay this seems obvious now but you can you know but it's really wasn't you know because we hadn't seen right. this character in a good bit. Right. I, I was going to say just to follow up on what the Sin Eater's actions were and what he was actually doing. There, it turns out there are more ramifications of that. So uh, for people who have been following the story, the Sin Eater was essentially cleansing but also taking. And and when I say taking, it was taking uh, powers as well as personalities. And uh, something, is, you know, uh, there's a direct ramification of, of, of those actions upon the order of the web, the spider friends, a.k.a. the spiders of the 616, a.k.a. as I said, the order of the web. Something happens to them as a result of that. And, um, you know, we, this, this story is kind of told in a weird flashback. But we also get um, the fact that Spidey realizes that he's in over his head and he turns to a certain Sorcerer Supreme for help. Mm. Who's, you know, has helped uh, Spidey with things in the past. And, you know, especially one likely to be forgotten uh, storyline. <laughs> well, technically, I wasn't him that did that, but, you know, he 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 was in that. Right, right, right. Uh, but that being said, yeah. So he, uh, yeah, Spidey goes to uh, go see Doc, and his troubles follow him, quite literally. Pretty much. Um, and yeah, and apparently the Order of the Web just also got played like the pawns that were. And apparently, well, not apparently, but um, we figure at least one person knew about it. That being Julia Carpenter, uh, the new Madam Web. Right. By, by what she said uh, during the course of, you know, when things started popping off, you know, in the in the flashback. So it's like, well, she knew, which is which kind of brings them out. I'm like, well, OK, well, she knew it was coming. Like, I, I get it. You, you're pretty much a slave to how things have to go. But at the same time, like even the watcher is kind of intervened at some point. <laughs> right, 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 right. So but that being the case, um, I can't remember if there was anything else from from Spidey to go along to go over. I was about to say before we move on, what do you think so far of now this fifty issue long saga of the Kindred reveal and where we go from here? Uh, so far, it's been great. Now, I am, I am also a kind of a fan. Now, this is kind of sort of been a big event type situation, but not really. Like it is, mm-hmm. but it isn't. So. Everything that's been leading up to now has been, you know, in service of leading up to this event, which in a way is kind of how things have been played for the last few years with Marvel in general. And I kind of hate that part. But at the same time, it still feels like it harkens back to when uh, I would say a more classic way of storytelling. Like, do we know how we normally would get like a pretty much a year's worth of just stories and stories and if it just so happens to fall into something in an event during the summer 
or in a one of the, in an annual or something. So be right. it. Like if this feels genuine enough to still kind of be like that, but also we know that you know everything is leading up to another event, to another event, and another event. So I've right. been still enjoying it. Right. It's it's a little too decompressed for me, but at the same time, I definitely enjoy the fact that it's a it's de- there's definitely some delayed gratification involved like they're forcing us to wait and at times it was just you know like come on already you know but at the same time you know i definitely appreciate the fact that they are making us wait mm-hmm. um you know it's it, it it was an oddly satisfying reveal for me but obviously yeah. it's because i was right um you know if i wasn't right i would have been like damn it but um you know obviously that being the case uh it was still kind of oddly satisfying for me to see that, you know, this, this, the, you know, this is a, a nice development uh, for the character. I did, I rang the spoiler bell, but I would say this in, 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 in trying to keep it still pretty vague. I'm, I'm glad that this character is going in a different direction. Mm. That's not necessarily in lockstep or at least in, in following in certain footsteps. It kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Well, in the sense that it's a different source of power. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that part was. That and I'm also I mean. right. Yeah, and I'm also kind of like glad. An identity. It's really differentiated. Well, you know? we'll we'll see if that continues to hold true. Right. If the, if if that lasts, let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also kind of also glad that. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of mixed with it about it because I'm also kind of glad that it wasn't like um, it would have still been good probably if it was like the original Hobgoblin or whoever else we we, we talked about last week mm-hmm. uh, being potentials. But I'm actually kind of glad. But it, in this case, it's like, all right, well, given the relation to the people involved, I'm like, yeah, all, all right. right. The definition I, of the word kindred. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what, exactly. So I was like that, which is what goes back to what I was just saying was about being a little too right. on the nose. But I'm like, okay, sure. We probably should have saw it, but you know. And I'm sure there will be another explanation of why that is, why he named himself that, or like, okay, we know who it is, so we get it. <laughs> that being said, um, I think we can put the wraps on on Amazing Spider-Man. Spider. Oh well, I will say this: like we do, I think I've already said that. Yeah, um, the next storyline going into it, and there is some also some other stories uh, that we'll talk about in the news later on about some going ons with the Spidey book. But uh, we were treated to the letters page uh, at the end of this book, and uh, and a nice little check- checklist of the forthcoming books. Uh, and all as uh, it just sort of said the one the one shots that are coming alongside of it. So this is pretty much no different from how the last year or two has been going on with uh, the last couple of events, um, which is slightly kind of a bummer. But I'm intrigued enough to kind of let it ride. There is uh, another book that we're probably about to talk to in a little bit. That's like I'm like okay, can we just move this on a little bit? But. Mm-hmm. Um, but still enjoyable. Uh, that being said, like I said, Last Rice is coming up, and it sounds like uh, Matthew Rosenberg is going to be writing s- some parts of that, and probably some of those one-shots, I'm, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, but the next five oh. issues specifically are is going to uh, end, well, and the subsequent uh, uh, one-shots are coming down the line. Fast and Furious. 
Mm-hmm. Oh no! All right. So as uh, as I said earlier, the West Wing reunion special is on uh, HBO Max. So much next. Um. Hmm. Before we go into a certain other event that is going on, let's kind of get into some uh, other business. So actually, you pick. I feel like I know which way you would probably go, but we'll see. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I'd go alphabetical. Uh, we talk Avengers 37. Sure. Okay. That works. That works. So this is the finale of the Age of Conchu storyline. And if there's one minor gripe I would have with Jason Aaron's storytelling <laughs> in Avengers right now is that it feels like we are hurtling from mini event to mini event. Which... Again, like I was just saying, we've been doing with Marvel in a, in a lot of cases anyway. So yeah, but this, this is like wasn't the one I was talking within, about. But yes, right. But this is literally within one title. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we're not going from uh, you know uh, what you call it, War of the Realms to Empire to you know to Outlawed to you know to um, to to King and Black to what you know what I mean? Right. This is literally you know like mini event. I mean, it's kind of like what they wanted to do with Justice League. Yeah. We have you know like these kind of mini events within the title. So getting back to what's going on here, um, as, as I said, this is the end. This is the the finale of the Age of Contra, and we have the uh, Avengers essentially rallying their forces as well as uh, Moon Knight. Uh, in a sense, um, not betraying, but definitely there's a word that 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 uh, was on the tip of my tongue just just earlier. But uh, essentially, Moon Knight is um, forsaking. That's the word. Moon Knight is forsaking uh, Khonshu for yet another god. The, this is something that happened at the end of last issue, and we find that. Um, his actions lead directly to Khonshu, um basically getting his, you know, uh, getting his powers slowly, his his usurped powers getting slowly taken from him, despite the fact that he's trying to, you know, rally his own forces to try to defend, uh, you know, what he had turned New York City into, um, uh, aptly titled New Thebes City. So, uh, you know, despite all that. Uh, the Avengers slowly but surely take some of those uh, stolen powers that, uh, that that Moon Knight had basically stolen for Khonshu. They take those back, and that is the way that they're able to defeat him. Um, there's actually a fun little scene in here where uh, Captain America and Blade are fighting their way through um, some undead hordes, <laughs> and Cap has like this funny... This funny uh, comeback to Blade's kind of uh, you know uh, very very on point quip about how they're they're um, they're beating up some undead or monstrous type uh, uh, or werewolves and mummies basically, and uh, Blade is like uh, you know you can't really talk to them they're not much on talking, but Cap's <laughs> like well they've got hands they could point right. <laughs> which way I got a laugh out of that I was like oh goodness. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, yeah. Part of me thinks, and I know this is not the case, but part of me feels like this issue felt rushed. 
because we knew this was coming and they've been they've been on this this uh arc for you know the prerequisite amount for an arc anyway so it's not like it was right but i don't know there was part of me it's like okay well here's the cut and dry the, the avengers are back in force and you know um everything's coming together and going into like you said early going to in the next part of this which apparently is bringing back shades of and i'll go ahead and spoil this right now shades of uh avx which is slightly giving me a groan but um you know given given parties that are involved uh you know so yeah the the whole end so the whole mephisto thing is still on the table and there's like oh yeah we'll touch up we're still kind of tapping on that for a second but it's still kind of going along to you know whatever it is Right. That's part of the long game, you know, that that Aaron is playing here. Ultimately, as, as, as Ryder Cat mentioned, you know, we're we're making our way through the various um, plot points, the various. No, no. I was going to say the various members and the their powers of the Avengers one million B.C. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've passed the the. Uh, you know, we, 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 we kind of did, you know, where the Moon Knight was, where Kanchu was kind of dissed by not being a part of that group. But um, we're, we're moving on to yet another member of the uh, the Avengers of uh, 1 million BC. And, I you know, I, that, that's sort of why I understand why it was kind of rushed, because it's like, well, this is just sort of bleeding into the next story. Right. You know, but at the same time, you understand that, you know, and and, and um, it's not really a spoiler because they revealed their last issue. You know, it's kind of understandable that the Phoenix Force is is going to do that to Conchu, even with all the powers of the Avengers and all the powers that they right. had stolen, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why, you know, it, it was... It, it seemed like maybe they weren't going to prolong that particular struggle. Right. Because I'm, it shows up, it's kind of like not over, but you well, know, it's high turned. Come, it's basically coming in in service of going into the next chapter, which uh, which will quite possibly more directly involve the Phoenix. It seems what it sounds like. Right. But my point being, like in terms of wrapping up this story, sure. I think they didn't want to necessarily prolong the battle. You know? Yeah, which which is fine. It's like, you know, it's Phoenix versus Conchu. Even though Conchu had all of these powers, right? You know, Phoenix oh, yeah. is kind of like all right. You know, it's 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 the Phoenix Force. So Phoenix it's kind of like, like well, I'm we the can't Juggernaut. Be. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there, so that is pretty much that. And I think there was something else I was going to say about this. Like the, the only thing I guess I'm slightly curious about was like, so what's going to happen to Moon Knight now? Like he's forsaken Kanshu, like uh, he, you know, he, well, he doesn't have the. It's not like he was having the the Phoenix powers uh, long term. No one does, with the, mm-hmm. well, I was about to say with the exception of Jean Grey, but even then, um, and this part of it, so I wonder if we're going to get any like uh, here's the epilogue on what's going to happen with uh, Moon Knight, or or, is, or was this kind of a sort of a setup for Jason Aaron to write a Moon to get a, a Moon Knight, Knight book, uh, you know start it it's possible it's possible it's it was a nice little star turn for him mm-hmm. you know this the, this little uh you know kind of like a uh what, what could be considered uh what, what's the term i i want to say underground pilot mm. 
you know, a backdoor pilot. That's what backdoor it is. Backdoor pilot, yes. That, I knew there was an official industry term for this. <laughs> this is kind of like a backdoor pilot for a Moon Knight series. Right. So. I can uh, imagine that. And, you know, Khonshu's not completely out of, you know, like Khonshu may be defeated, but he still has got, you know, uh, possibly one follower, even even though, uh, you know, as we said earlier, Moon Knight did forsake him in favor of another god, quote unquote. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Use use one god to punch out another one, just, so to speak. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how that happens, or if anything, you know, or the it would be kind of a shame for them to be like, okay, we're just using Moonlight for this, and nothing actually comes about, you know, doing anything else with him, right? So right. that would and as Roddy Cat, yeah, and as Roddy Cat mentioned, there are hints of things that have happened during a that things that happened during AVX. Um, because even the X-Men notice what happens, um, at the end of this issue, because they're literally written into the issue. <laughs> yes, so, exactly. You know, so there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or if, ifs, ands, or buts, there's no pussyfooting around. This is just, you know, the X-Men, they notice, guess what? The Phoenix Force is back around Earth. Which brings so. me to my last thought about this. It was like, they noticed this, which understandably is a big thing for them to notice. And yes, they should. But at the same time, everything that happened with Empire and them being actually on the new move. And again, yes, they were a part of that. So, yes. Um, but I was like, but they were kind of just still sectioned off in their own thing. If that, now, yes, they got their own thing going on there and, uh, and um, exercise going on as, you know, as we we're probably going to talk about. But I'm like, you mean to tell me they didn't notice this, but they just in a box way to notice this part, you know? Mm. So like, All right. Sure. Comics. Let it go. Um, I would just say that the cover for next issue has Mephisto on it. Yeah, so it I mean, like maybe dealing with that sooner rather than later. Probably not. <laughs> we've been we've been duped by covers in the past, so I exactly. I, I, I I think Aaron's still playing a long a, a longer the game long, in this a long long game. Mm-hmm. So he might touch on it, but I, I doubt if this is going to be anything meaningful. Or final. Uh, or final, especially for that. And that would be really weird for him in this case. Mm-hmm. Especially since it's not like a, it's not like 50. Like, I can see coming up, coming close to 50, he's probably starting to wrapping things up. Like, maybe his, I don't know if he's going to end this run or he's going to be on it for a little bit longer, but, you know, who who even knows. But, gotcha. I, yeah, that would be something that would happen closer to 50 if, he play, if he's playing it right. And right. I guess, uh, that being the case, we can move on to, speaking of uh, a book that's going coming closer to 50, um, uh, Immortal Hulk number 38. Oops, not 8, 38. Thank you very much. So, um, I'm just going to read from my notes on this one. Um, okay, we get it. Bruce's dad has issues and he has that and he himself has daddy issues. Can we get past this part? Um, and I know this is going to be a significant thing, you know, this is definitely a significant thing going into the, you know, the end of the run of this book and just in general, or at least as a part of it. Cause, but, um, anyway, the leader makes himself known in, in, in mind. And, uh, we see he's still hitting reply all I see. And yet another persona re-enters the field, which is why I had this question, uh, uh that I saved for the thing. Mm-hmm. We know who this this person who this persona is. Correct? Yes. Uh this is the one that has been 
pretty much in control the majority of the book, correct? That's my understanding. So why does or at least like, exerting or at least exerting more influence? Right. Has this persona ever looked? Has the Hulk ever looked like that before? No, but the Devil Hulk has. Okay, but that's what I was like because usually the personas have come around. Like the only one we really haven't seen is Grey Hulk, and I think they touched upon that in the. Well, Joe Fixit is right. Exactly, I was about to say Joe Fixit is there, but not right. the not Grey Hulk. Right, but they kind of talk. They, they there's that's been mentioned in the latest page of this issue. As as a matter of fact, cause it sounds like there might be a little bit more as to reason as to why that's the case. Um, but nevertheless, we have seen the. Well, plenty of iterations iterations of the Hulk in his mind or otherwise, um, and I don't recall ever seeing the character looks like looking like this. Which, if the news that I saw from uh, that is in the news, uh, well, it's not. It's is it's in the news, but it's not necessarily. What well, is in the news? Nothing. But regardless, if the news I saw is any indication, I'm kind of wondering if that's going if this is going to play into some of that. Uh, without giving anything away, but regardless, um, the leader's pretty much showing himself and and you know monologuing why he's got things in in, in Banner's mind uh, under un, under wraps. But we also see him, you know, getting you know getting t- getting hit in the real world, you know, taking a hit in the, in the real world by uh, the people surrounding Banner. Or at least, and in his mind, not other because I forgot about that one part with uh, Doc Sampson. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one is pretty much like, hey, hey, you know, here's here's everybody in play. Here's some things, and now we're uh, we're shifting some things around the board because, like I said, you know, one of the characters has been temporarily, you know, taken out of the out, off the shelf because that one of the characters that was being controlled by the leader. Uh, and like I said, um, Doctor Sampson kind of does his thing in his in his mind. Whether he gets his body back, we don't even know. The whole Bruce's dad thing is kind of getting a little long, like I already said. You know, so hopefully that that kind of gets to a place. Right. Um, they kind of re they kind of rehash it because they need to um, kind of reestablish for everyone that that's where this persona of the Hulk, mm-hmm. pre Gamma, really comes from. Sure. So. But I figured like, I understood it. I understood it. You know, I, I kind of appreciated the fact that they that they really used that Paradise Lost quote right in the beginning right. to play to to roll right into it. Mm-hmm. So that you know, I, I definitely understood it. I you know, uh, you know, maybe my tolerance for it is is just a you know just a a, a, a matter of I understand where. You know, Al Ewing is kind of laying the the pieces because they put that they they put this character in that um, that prison, that sarcophagus, basically. Right. And you know, the the, the point is that they they finally freed him, and he's he's out and about, and he's and he's uh, um, essentially created to protect, or or at least created to embody Bruce Banner's. Uh, urge to protect himself. Sure, and that's you know that's where that that's where you know this particular Hulk persona comes from. So sure. that's where you know that's kind of like the last um, the last reserve that that uh, 
that's able to kind of uh, break free and 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 go after the leader in this, you know, at least in this portion of the story. Mm-hmm. So, right. You know, and we'll like I said, where, I was about to say we'll see where we go in the next issue because it looks like this is just starting. Right. And like I said, it's not that. I, yeah, I I understood all that, and that's been established. Heck, even coming into this volume in general, that was that was kind of established, but just you know <laughs> didn't really get touched on as a point up until you know um this and you know this something but i feel like I, my only thing is like i feel like um especially with like some of the other recent issues that have come out you know like that whole other and granted you didn't necessarily have to run so if you're not like me and you haven't been reading that it may not bother you so much uh but like that she hulk issue uh what she hulk issue that other issue um that uh, the other one shot issue Oh, the uh, that, threshing place. Exactly. Well, right. less that one, but definitely that one. But um, there was another one for fairly recently that pretty much focused on Banner's dad, and I was like, and and all of the stuff that's been going on in these, in, just in these generals. And I was like, all right, yes, we get it, we get it. Let's let's do something with this, and, and instead of just using like we kind of figure like this. If you've been on this book for any length of time, you kind of get this you get that part about it, but it's like, all right, but where is this going? That's all I'm asking. I'm not saying that, uh, I'm saying all that does not say to, to say that, um, this book is still not interesting. Cause it is this one, probably this particular issue, it's, it's a standard issue, but you know, normally we've been used to kind of like, um, like boom, a thing happens, like not necessarily action, but like some revelation, some new persona or something happens, you know, in the course of this. And, some of that still happens. This particular issue is just like, yeah, here's the thing that happened. And, you know, the pieces are still there and they get either get moved around or whatever the case may be. And we're getting somewhere for certain, but mm-hmm. this is just pretty much a standard issue is a standard issue. As far as this run is concerned, it's just that that part about it with Bruce's have like, all right, we can, let's, where are we going this? Where, where, what are we doing with this? Instead of, as opposed to keep touching on it for, Clearly, there's a reason why it keeps touching on right, but it's like okay, let's let's put that out there. Let's let's see where he's trying to get to with that. What's the end goal with that one? Now, normally, try not to be like that because I, I kind of like to see that you know I want to see things play out and I want to see things play out naturally like they're supposed to, and you know the long game that's being played here. But that part is just kind of starting to get irksome. To each their own. Yeah, that, and that's pretty much it. Alrighty. That being Why the case, um, probably move to um to, to uh, what we call it to uh, ten of swords before Next we up. go rapid fire. Sure, let's do that. Uh, did you actually read it? Um, I mean, that's it's kind of a stupid question to ask, but did you actually read it in order? Or did you just kind of just like? No, I read it in order. Okay. I, I actually because I was going off of my physical copies this week, I looked at the top of the cover, right? And I chapter you know, it was like six, seven, eight, I think it was, right. So, and this is one of those cases where I I I I weirdly appreciate the the way this is being told, and being that COVID didn't necessarily affect uh, this event as much as it did, say uh, outlawed, right, or even Empire, or even Empire, right? Because yeah, well, yeah, because of the very yeah, time much frames more, that came yeah, in. I was gonna say much more outlawed, but right, exactly, right. Because Outlawed is pretty much all out of order, wherein this one, and I think they're, I almost would go so far as to say, is like they pretty much, like, no, this, 
if I, I could see like hit run or somebody was like, no, this has to be in told in the order. But like I said, the way things played out with COVID and everything, it just so happened that this was starting up when it started up anyway. So it was on track to be to not be too out of line or not 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 out of line at all. So it pretty much plays like it's supposed to. Which brings us to these uh, for with these issues for this week, starting with Hellions number five, um, in which. They bring back Empath, uh, which I don't know why they did, but apparently they did. And the Hellions get sent on a mission that is pretty much going to go bad. It has to. (laughs) There's no way in the world that this mission in that mission ends well for them or for 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 things in general. Because they're going into over the world to do a thing behind enemy lines. I won't tell you tell you what, and even. Full knowing that the resurrection protocols is going to um, is uh, can't save them basically, but this is pretty much the the, the suicide squad for uh, the X folks, and uh, being led by one sinister. We don't know which one because we don't know if it's Prime or one of the clones because I don't think that's been established. Uh, no. It's a, which that's a whole funny situation because you know so if you did not know uh sinister also has his own cloning process and has for quite some time but the rest of the krakoans don't know about this and my question on that is well does sinister actually even know whether his cloning process is going to be any different in other world than than the resurrection protocols because he seems pretty certain or maybe he doesn't care I don't know because that that none of, neither one of those has been established because he makes a proposition uh, to um, to 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 um, uh, Jamie Braddock for safe passage through because of, because of what they're trying to do uh, and let's just say their their mission is to put a wrench into the plans of the the concepts of champions or concepts of swords as they keep saying here. Uh, and they just started onto that, and this this book's kind of silly. This actually feels like it's kind of, um, you know, this is, there's a little bit of Marauders uh, type of fun in this issue. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely dig the the the, the Suicide Squad comparison because, um, you know, there's definitely that element to it, mm-hmm. but at the same time. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, you're, you're saying that it's kind of lighthearted. I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it, it kind of is to a certain extent, especially mm-hmm. with the specific characters. I mean, you know, there's orphan maker and nanny in yes. here and they're just played for laughs. I'm like, they're just useless. Yeah. Um, and sinister is, um, if he wasn't flamboyant before, <laughs> they are um, definitely playing that up now. Yeah, you know they're they're playing that up to a to a whole new level in this book right now. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it, you know, it, it was pretty. You know, it was a pretty uh, offbeat but still interesting issue. They're obviously going to use Hellion as a foil for a lot of their um, a lot of their storytelling, right? Because he is such a, a strong. I don't want to say personality, but you know, mm-hmm. given that these other characters are kind of just offbeat, he's got a very strong, um, uh, you know, he's 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 
going to end up being a driving force behind a lot of where these stories go, I think. Maybe. Because there was, in the beginning of this book uh, coming in, there was a little part about Psylocke, you know, uh, being one, well, one, being part of the team, and two, being the head of the team and, and uh, uh, asserting her dominance o- over a, a member or two and possibly laying, uh, laying down the possibility that she has excuse me, some plans of her own with this group that may or may not put her in, um, you know, in direct confrontation with Senator. We don't know, you know, but that some of that seemed like it might've been laid, laid down. But also we also know that, um, uh, who's writing this book actually? Never mind. This is a different book I'm thinking about. So what I was about to say has nothing to do with that. So <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, because no, because I was thinking about something that I brought up that might not be end up being the case because someone's leaving one of the books that we're going to talk about, uh, but that's not the case. Got so yeah, that's pretty much that. And like I said, uh, Sinister kind of has the plan, but gets roped into being the one to also going on this plan that he hatched up instead of sticks, you know, staying behind like he like he thought was going to happen. Uh, that whole part with the the quiet council was kind of amusing on that part <laughs> including magneto's like oh can i change my vote please <laughs> right so uh which ended up you know going making the, the mission go start off basically so but yeah this this book's been kind of fun i hope it continues to be but also we also have uh marauders so on the other side of that coin that's also kind of fun but that yeah i don't know some would say this book may not be uh, relevant or maybe necessary, but we'll see where it goes after X of Swords, Ten of Swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you got something else to say, we can go push on to the oh, next one. Next one. New Mutants, number 13. If you want to go ahead and take that one. Right. Ultimately, this issue is about Doug Ramsey, <laughs> who admittedly is not a swordsman. And or any he's not a, a fighter, even with Warlock as his sword. Right. And this is something that magic is trying to remedy to some effect throughout the course of this issue. Um, ultimately, we get to the point where um, is it this issue that someone comes out? Is it? Is it? I think it is Doug that comes out and says, "Yes, yeah." It is in this issue where, where 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 Doug is talking to Warlock and Krakoa, and he says, um, "Everyone else is out questing for their swords," and I'm like, "Duh, that's what I've been saying." And of course, his sword is just you know, Warlock. He's had him with so, him the whole time, yeah. Exactly. Which, so, which again brings up the question that we talked. Well, brings up the thing that we talked about before the show. In that, okay, Warlock was not was. Well, at least I guess to the audience. I don't know if it was to the Krakoans, but it, it was a secret that wasn't that much of a secret. Because we, again, since Hotspot, we've seen him with Warlock as his arm, but we weren't sure what the deal was on it up until fairly recently, where it came out that he was supposedly hiding the fact for some reason. Did we miss it? Huh? Did we miss it? The miss what? That they've. The, the kind of acknowledgement that Warlock and he are kind of writing. Uh, on the same on the same train uh i believe this was from one of those giant size books i believe it was the nightcrawler one of, as a matter of fact that Where they came out and, and presented that fact to everybody well not to everybody but just to the people who was on the team with him at the time so i, I assume it just spread from there 
Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. I got to go back to that. Yeah. I got to go back Because it was kind of weird even at that time. It was like, okay, Doug's on this team, and sure, they have to communicate, but then ended up. Well, well, let me phrase that. I, I Let me take that back. That might not be right. One, that was part of it. But two, it was the Storm book. Because you remember he had to use Warlock to help Storms with our situation mm-hmm. from that book. Maybe that's where it became exactly. more obvious. Yes. Okay. Because, yeah, because even with, not a thing in the, because even with the Nightcrawler book, I remember, like, yeah, the team knew, and I think even then it was like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, that was a thing, haha, <laughs> it was a secret. Uh, but I think he was like, yeah, but still keep it on the hush. Uh, but again, the storm one was the one where it was like, uh, well, you know, I got to use it. I got to do, we got to do this to to help storm. So that's probably when it became more widely known. More than likely. Uh, but that being said, so yeah, Yana's training, um, uh, or trying to train to, you know, and Krakoa is like, look, you shouldn't be going, send somebody else in your place, but in Doug's like, no, I got to do this because, you know, X, Y, and Z and whatever. And which brings me to my point I said before the show was like, you would think, and I'm just, I'm kind of actually surprised that they didn't bring this up, but, um, you would think Doug who, as a member of the New Mutants in the past, has died, has been, I want to say he was the first, if not the only one, to die on, on that team. He was, the, he was the, oh no, did they kill Karma before him? They might have killed Karma before him, yeah. Oh. But she can end up coming back, so that's, you know. But even then, you would think he would have done, and especially with knowledge of that going into this, if I'm not, or if we're, if we're not mistaken, uh, Doug being the weakest member, the the less combat focused member, uh, inclined member of the group would have been doing more training since then. Mm-hmm. You know, so he he could at least defend himself if he needed to, and like because he's always defended dependent on Warlock, you know, to defend him, which he's still doing now. But that's, that's right. beside the point. So you would think going in it's like, yeah, he would have had a little bit more training than this, but it's just like, no, nah, I'm just speaking for Krakow and doing my thing, and you know. Nothing's, you know, presuming Glaive's like, you know, this is, no, we're, we're here. Nothing's going to, what's going to happen kind of situation, but we don't necessarily know that part. But, and so people are trying to look out for him and people are recognizing that, you know, it's like, yeah, you go out there, you're going to die, kid. You know, <laughs> so, and even, and Yana pretty much just says that at the end of the uh, issue. Um, and someone else comes along, seemingly of concern, but no, I wasn't really concerned. They, they were just mad that they weren't the one picked to go and, and fight. So, um, but they had an idea that would presumably help Doug, but also put him in the place that he wanted to be in, uh, which I found oh, kind I of amusing. Forgot, I, was up there, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was, I was like, okay, that was an interesting aside, but I, in service of the story, I get it. So, but like I said, Doug's being headstrong about this and decides he wants to do the thing. But like I said, the realism comes at the end of this issue, which I do love how, by the way, all of these issues kind of, you know, they are definitely, it is definitely being read or to being uh, put together to be read in order. And mm-hmm. if that wasn't already evident by the chapter numbering at the tops of the books, you know, reading the inside is definitely, um, 
you know, bearing that out because you see there's references from Hellions, I believe, in New Mutants. There's definitely references in New Mutants that goes into the next book. So the next book we're going to talk about because uh, and during the course of before Iyana starts training Doug, she basically calls Cable and tells (laughs) tells them what's going on. Because apparently he wasn't aware of it because they are off on somewhere else, which we'll get into in a second. Um, right. I would add that I think you know this. This is definitely this is at least in my experience. Obviously, I've been reading X Men books for a long time, but when it comes to these kind of big crossovers, yeah. as long as editorial, and in this case, Hickman, you know, is kind of. Uh, you know, uh, a member, a pseudo member of editorial as kind of like the head of the X, you know, the X corner of the universe. Right. Um, as long as editorial has a, 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 is running a tight ship when it comes to these big crossovers and big events where you're supposed to be reading stuff in order, it flows better, you know, and, and I'm reminded of X-Men events in the past in the further past. You know, where there was a, a, a very much a tighter ship being run by the editorial staff. So you got things coming out that read or at least maybe had notes that said, you know, if you if you miss this, please check this issue. Right. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, but then again, as we mentioned earlier, this event really hasn't been as affected because of its timing, mm-hmm. hasn't been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So um, it's had that benefit as well, that right. um, it's been able to come out relatively on time and relatively when it's supposed to. Which brings me to that the, the, going to, to that point. I believe, yes, editorial definitely is doing their thing on it, but I feel like this is more of Hickman's adherence to how he wants his story to be played out. And I feel like we saw some of that with... Um, I was about to say Anthony Howard. Yes, um, Anthony Howard, but yeah, but you know, Hickman being the shepherd of, of Hox Pox and mm-hmm. this whole thing all, you know, going right. into this regardless. Right. Which um, is why it's kind of like the pseudo editorial because they're, right. you know, someone providing direction. Right. So I feel like he didn't want, you know, I feel like he's insistent on, there was some insistence on his part that his, uh, that the story be played out the way it, it is mm-hmm. for reasons. And I feel like that bears back to his Avengers run, which, you know, did well for the way it came out and the how it did because he had two books back then and it was well, just got a couple books here now. But there were some similarities between the way this is this is being handled and how that was being handled. But uh, which kind of makes me think that yeah, this is pretty much this might be his insistence, part of his insistence on how this is reading or how this bearing out. And it's all the better for it. But regardless, so that's pretty much uh, New Mutants number 13. Um, this is a particular click of the week for me because, you know, for for what it was. But I don't know if you have anything else to, on that. Oh, no, no, no. We can handle a cable and then go to rapid fire. Cable number five then. Hit it. Right. So in basically just a couple of sentences, we find out what happened to the peak. And so where is Agent Brand in all this? Well, we know where she was. Empire. Right, but well, I'm afraid mean, that we know where she was at the end of the Empire. We don't know where she was during when yeah. this happened. Right, right. When this happened to the peak, that's my point. But I thought, uh, well, so that again goes back to the question of where is Alpha? So I was under the impression, and we talked about this before in Empire, that Alpha Flight was stationed on the peak. But as we right. found out, that the peak was abandoned. Apparently, it was, uh, this is a, that was a brand new station. So she was clearly 
had to been on whatever station that Af- the Afroflight station. Now the peaks apparently still been out there just lingering, lingering all this time for some odd reason. But I was under the impression that it was the peak that they were on all this time, even going back to when Captain Marvel was running the place. But apparently that's right. not, and when, that may not be the like, case. When Omega and when Gamma Flight decided to kind of branch off, right? you know, during Immortal Hulk, I thought they were operating out of the peak as well. So exactly. this must have happened at some point after they kind of went rogue. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the question. And I don't know if they're going to bring that up at all. Um, I would like to believe it is, and especially going into what we know is going to be Abigail Brand series uh, mm-hmm. coming coming forth. You're right. They're going to integrate her more into the X corner. Right. So X right. corner of the universe, that is. So right. that you know, she's going to be playing much more of a role, and we'll pro- we'll we'll probably get some information on that in her series. I would like to think so, or, but but the fact that they brought it up here. Maybe in service of that, or maybe there's something else going on. Because they, so basically, what happens is we see part of the Summers clan, um, uh, Cable, Scott, and Gene, um, at the peak. They were already there as of the last couple of issues of Cable, well, as of the last issue of Cable, and they're investigating the case. Why is, uh, why is it, uh, deserted? Like we've already said, they find that out. We introduced to, there is a sci fi movie element to this in a way. I, I don't want to say events or horizon because I don't think I've ever seen that movie. So I can't, I'm not one to really uh, talk about that part, but basically there's some sci-fi movie notes that you could, be, that uh, you could kind of put out from this book, but basically they, they, um, they, they investigate. We are introduced or possibly reintroduced. I don't know this group of folks that happen to take over the peak and cause what happened to uh, everybody on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's going to get, I feel like that's going to be something that's going to get brought up again also. And that's probably why that was established, I guess. Uh, but you know, the John, uh, Gene Scott and, and Cable pretty much deal with that. And Cable gets the sword in for him to be able to go to, uh, get back to Krakoka, uh, in time for the sort uh, extra sword shenanigans. So this is pretty much in possibly in service of something that's going to get brought up later. More than like, more than likely. Yeah, more than likely because they introduced this new. What did they call them? Spoil the minor, Vectra. minor spoiler alert. I believe it's called the Vectra, or the Vectora, something like that. One of. Right. I mean, I'm just going to scroll through real quick. I, I I could swear they, they oh the Vescora. The Vescora, yeah. Right. It was something like that. Uh, again, we get another call from Magic, who you know they didn't even they didn't even allude they didn't even mention the last call, but they just assumed that you clearly read New Mutants thirteen and and knew that you know that this was a, another call that was after that. So I thought that which kind of you know put me back into the minds of the storytelling elements of this, you know, and even she takes a dig at um, you know what we found out in or what we already knew in New Mutant Thirteen. It's like not everyone's a warrior, so like, well, we knew who that was a dig for. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seemed like the the peak were killed by Borderlands folks. And if you know the video game Borderlands, you know the symbol I'm talking about. Which that's what it looked like, and also there was a Minecraft portal uh, in here that looks like ended to be closed. That uh, that was closed because of uh, being powered up by the the peak being online. Um, 
I honestly expected a little bit more sci-fi horror in this than it, than it was, but it was enough to kind of establish like, okay, this is the thing that's that's happening, or this right. is the thing that's and never the, up. Right. It's kind of as as Roddy Cat said, this is more obvious. This is almost obviously a setup for something more coming down the road in the X-Men books outside of them just setting up, uh, you know, what the, 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 the light of Galador can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it at the end of this issue where someone criticized, where, where Cable tries to rename yeah. the sword and they're like yelling at him like, no, yeah, you can't yeah. rename the sword, you punk. Yeah, like that's stupid. Yeah, that was Iyana talking about you renamed your sword. That's lame. <laughs> I love Iyana, especially because you know, she's like, look, I'm down to fight. I don't care. And you know, she's kind of been like there especially for the last few years but but pretty much in general has been like that but it's just like look i'm be real matter of fact about this that's all lame like she doesn't she will she will tell you what she thinks <laughs> and don't even give a care in a lot of cases but um it's kind of funny her interactions with folks uh but yeah that's cable number five and that's pretty much the x corner of uh the the x of swords for the week the ten of swords stuff for the week oh well actually i take it back there there is one more book, but I don't think you read it or I read it either. What's that? Uh, the handbook, the uh, Ten oh, of Swords handbook. No, no, no my uh, what you call it? My uh, my uh, my comic shop didn't get their order in of the handbook, so gotcha. I think I oh, I pulled it. I didn't get it. Gotcha. So I although pretty- I'm looking forward to reading it because it's probably gonna ha- it's probably chock full of all sorts of uh, information that might be spoilerific. Maybe quite possibly, um, but also it seemed like a pretty much a mini Ohatmu um, for this event, which they've been doing, and that calls into question. Is like, well, if we're gonna get, if we're getting these little things for these events, and why can't we just get an official um, update to the Ohatmu? And we we talk about in the past, like they got wikis and stuff right now, but mm-hmm. if the, if that's the case, they could do wikis for this stuff too, which they will. But. I don't know. That part was like, okay, just do the stuff. Just give me a brand new Ohatmu. Oh, oh, I want that. A physical version. That's all. I'm, all right. So I guess yeah. we can, if we're done with this, we can roll into rapid fire. I'm scrolling through this thing. There's a, a walls and walls of text, but there are also uh, some Ohatmu oh, like. There's definitely some Ohatmu oh, ness to oh, sure. this book. So confirmed. Yeah, I pull, I was about to say, I definitely pull. Um, uh, uh, the the handbooks I'm interested in, which is one th- I I definitely understand why they they don't think it's going to be a big seller. And if I recall correctly, not very many people pulled it at my store at all. So, mm. um, you know, it's not like they're going to keep. It's not like they're going to buy a whole bunch to put on the shelf. Right. You know, this is not that kind of book. Which so. is sad because it used to be for for some of us that this was that type of book. Right. You know. Right. Right. Absolutely. But All right. that being so, the case, we can move on to. You got some else? We're going to rapid fire. You said. Oh, okay. Fire. Hit it. Right. Here we go. And actually, I really don't. I don't know how much. I'll go first because I don't really have much. That much more left. Uh, Star Wars Darth Vader number six. Yes, confirmed. So, let's see. Uh, oh, look, a glimpse of future past events under the guise of punishment. Palpatine quoting Obi-Wan, which this whole, that whole thing caused me to, to uh, go back and watch the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith again for some for some silly reason. Anyway. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't necessarily have to, but I was like, okay, I know this, that was a quote fairly much from that. Um... 
And if you know the part, tar, the, the part that may have something to do with uh, the high ground, but not necessarily that, uh, then you know you kind of know what I'm talking about. A thing gets said anyway. Uh, so Palpatine teaches Vader. But speaking of that, um, t- Palpatine teaches Vader a lesson by putting him back where he found him, but this time sending a, a, t- t- a teaching aid. So that's pretty much uh, what can be said about that. And I'm like, well, they really are treading this old ground, but and you know, I. You know, not necessarily treading. I shouldn't say that. They're pretty much um, cementing canon, I guess, by, by bringing this stuff up, and especially where this is, where this in Star Wars is being set. So, it's probably not fair to say treading, but regardless, it is what it is. Um, are you reading this book, or where are you going to read this book? Which one, uh, Vader? I have not jumped on this latest volume. I've been meaning to. I haven't yet. What is up to six? Yes, I could probably go through and see what's uh, you know what we have in our uh, our storage of uh, uh, of review copies and, and catch up. Right, yeah, it's Greg right. Pak, correct? It is Greg Pak, yes. Um, and yeah, yeah. If you need that, you let me know because I think I still got those. Um, anyway, uh, Injustice Year Zero Number Eight. Uh, after leaving the Joker, Holly goes to see the one other person that she trusts and asks for a favor. Uh, Ivy, in turn, goes to almost do what needed to be done, but obviously if she had done that, then injustice wouldn't wouldn't happen. Uh, uh, Harley and that guy's daughter makes a cameo, which I totally forgot was a thing, but it's continuity. So, uh, and Harley and Ivy take the big leap. And necessarily, but not necessarily in a Thelma and Louise type situation. Oh, no. <laughs> that other big leap. Uh, and that is it for me. All right. Uh, it sounds like I only have two more books as well. First is Captain America number 24, Cap and the newly restored but better, and that's something we find out in this issue, Sharon Carter work out their current status in more ways than in the workout room. Boom, chicka, wow, wow. Um, Alexander Lucan is struggling with his status as a host for the Red Skull, but his wife Alexa is not. The big 25th issue will see the return in full of the Red Skull. I'll tell you that, uh, in my opinion, Coates has definitely been, has definitely drawn upon some of the Captain America runs that have been close to my heart going back to Grunwald as well as the Brubaker stuff. It's definitely been a nice mix of that. So I like to see, I, you know, I, I, I'm happy to see, you know, someone who's got a real sense of history, really try to uh, play with those tools and those characters and see where they go from here. And, you know, it's obviously been um, a while since we've seen the Red Skull proper. And he is obviously uh, going to be, if, if you know, I'm not even talking about looking at solicits. I'm pretty sure he comes back in issue 25. It's one of those big round number issues. Makes sense. So, yeah, I was going to say, um, as a novelist, it helps to do your research, even if you are already a fan of, you know, what you're doing, what you're doing research on or writing at the time, uh, regardless. And yeah, it was probably inevitable that the risk will come back at some point. Uh, I was right. going to ask, what, would, what makes Sherry well, Carter better? Uh, take a look. <laughs> okay. 
take a look. Well, I mean, she's she's better in the sense that uh, she is not only younger but better. Okay. Because remember, she was old as a result of right. the uh, the Rick Remender run, but now she is young and better. Right, but what I'm saying is, what was asking is like, yeah, that, but that's what I was thinking, like young as opposed to how she was before she got old, or or better than even then. Better than even then. Okay. Okay. Like I said, better. Sure. And I don't want to spoil the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. Like, is this a Psylocke situation or what? But yeah, that's fine. Don't yeah, don't don't. don't. Like I said, better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's. I hate to say this. It's really the simplest way to describe it, and I think that's exactly how Coates describes it in the book. So, okay. you know, without like I said, without spoiling the whole thing, she actually comes out better. Fair enough. Uh, as a result of Celine and all that stuff. So okay. But uh, last but not least for me is Dark Knight's Death Metal number four of seven. Excellent! Wonder Woman helps Superboy Prime, of all people, find the hero inside. But their attempt to redirect the crisis energy away from the Batman who laughs fails miserably. So we have three more issues of this series to go. And we got some news this week about what is going to happen as a result of the fallout from Dark Knight's Death Metal. Yeah, no surprise. Another event. We right. It's actually going to be. Oh, we'll get on. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get talk to about that. news. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's it for you. That's it. So here comes clicks of the week. All right, folks. Clicks of the week time. We are got uh, a couple from our absentee folks here um one of which happens to be tim's pick for hellions number five uh, interesting i think he's picked hellions each each of the last two issues i mean you we know we know tim to be a big x x x fan so when he doesn't pick one it's kind of a surprise uh but that's not saying that you know xbox can mm-hmm. can you know can have people falling off falling off and not being as good as other stuff but you know yeah this is kind of as even even with that though it's kind of a surprising pick because especially how we've talked about well it's not surprising for this week but it's surprising in general because let's face it hellions is uh, in some people's eyes have not necessarily have gotten the greatest start right uh and has uh people has have people people but it sounds like people some people are coming around to it if it keeps up so we'll see how that works out and it was a good book this week because, like, like we already talked about, it was fun. Uh, and Dirt's pick was Detective Comics ten twenty eight for reasons. Did he give? He did give some reasons. Uh, it's a one and done Batman story, and that suddenly feels so refreshing. <laughs> Listen, I, coming out of Joker War, I kind of understand where he's coming from. I guess, but there's a glut of Batman stuff in general, and we have no shortage of it coming down the pike, as we found out. But it is what it is. All righty. Um, as for myself, I think I've got two candidates, um, two strong candidates. Uh, one is going to be Immortal Hulk 38, and the other is Amazing Spider-Man number 50, a.k.a. 851. Um, I think in terms of what I really enjoyed this week, I think I'm going to go with Immortal Hulk number 38 because I really liked what, um, what was happening, you know, on, on the leaders end inside Bruce Banner's brain. And I liked some of the things that were happening, uh, outside with the, I think you mentioned it was the, uh, uh, the leader, um, doing multiple 
Zoom calls through the green door. Yeah, basically, he was doing reply all, of, you know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you said reply all, but I'm like, no, he's actually doing multiple Zoom calls um, <laughs> well, a little through bit rough. the green door. So, because I, uh, I at least, I don't know if you, if, if people could see him on the other side of the green door. That's the thing. So, right. Uh, well, that's his end. That, that's, yeah, exactly. Because he's, that's why I said reply all, because it's like he's, he's basically talking through multiple fronts and forgetting that, you know, he's, well, not forgetting, but it was like he's, I guess you could say he's having trouble, you know, mm-hmm. uh, specifying the people that he's trying to talk to at one particular time or another, which right. is, which is led to, uh, things happening, but yeah, right. That book is crazy. Um, I definitely appreciate the fact that we've been on board with the Immortal Hulk since day one. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since it dropped, we gave it a shot and we stuck with it. So, you know, um, it's crazy that I, I remember talking about this. I was talking about this at the comic book store uh, uh, the other day um, about how when I went to see Al Ewing at New York Comic Con, I think. Immortal Hulk was maybe six issues in or seven issues in, something like that. So it still really hadn't caught on. And I remember getting my issue number one and I think my issue number two signed. And I remember complimenting him on it because, you know, I thought it was going in in this like really cool. And everyone obviously um, uh, uh, really, really uh, stressed the body horror aspect that was uh, being uh, put in by Joe Bennett. But I just really liked the, you know, it's kind of like the creepy vibe. And, you know, it's it's funny to see how far we've come. And we I what, what was it? Uh, Bennett said they were going to go until issue 50, right? Yes. OK, so we still got some time left on Immortal Hulk, but I definitely enjoyed this past issue. Yeah. And even with what I said earlier about the, the issue, um, like the run is still solid. Like this, you know, the this even this issue is still solid. Uh, even in this "quote unquote" low moments, or at least a- less action oriented, um, which to me, some of that's probably been more some of the more compelling stuff, like the things that get the, the revelations that come out of it in this uh, volume. But yeah, we've definitely been on this this uh, this train since the beginning of this run. You know, expecting, you know, not ensuring what to expect from Al Ewing, but you know, appreciating what what he brings to a book. You know, and and Joe Bennett on the art also, especially uh, you know, and the coloring and everything else. We're like this, has just been a, a solid book from you know since then. Uh, so for myself, I hmm, um, I'm probably going to go with why did I put Hellions on there twice? I do not know. You really liked it that much? No, I uh, I was you know doing the the, the sheet as I'm doing this and I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing apparently, um, but I'm thinking I might actually go along with Tim. You know, no, I am not actually. Hmm. <laughs> I do like Hellions was a good book. It was like it was a good fun book. I enjoyed it immensely. But I'm weirdly enough, I'm going to go with New Mutants number thirteen. Sure. Um, because yeah, that whole thing with uh, you know, with uh, with like this is probably a less stated book than Hellions was in this case, but uh, as the middle chapter of this week's books, uh, and that whole thing with uh, you know, Iyana trying to train you know, Cipher and just bopping them around and and everybody else coming to it, and it was like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm enjoying this, so. 
And that is it for Clicks of the Week. Could you give us an ad read, please, sir? Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, because we could all use a drink right now. Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to toronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. Now we get into the news. And we start off with the cinematic news as we do every week about this time. I don't know why I went to the radio voice just now, but I guess I just did. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Thundercats, what season two of the 2011 reboot would have looked like had it been able to come to pass? Uh, the 2011 reboot of the Thundercats truly left fans wanting more i uh well i'll give it in a second but while fans and critics alike enjoyed the sleeker edgier and more cinematic look and feel of the show cartoon network canceled it after one season eight years later wow has it been that long jesus Ugh. um fans still desire to see how the character arcs and stories would have been resolved and i admittedly having rewatched a little bit of it recently uh i i kind of feel this but uh, in addition to what the creative team has revealed at conventions, art director Dan Norton recorded a podcast interview elaborating on how the story would have developed. Um, and this article goes on to some of the developments uh, surrounding Lionel and Tiger's story and how that affected the other characters around them. So, but we won't get into that, but you can read that uh, for yourself if you are so inclined. They gave Tigra a gun. I still can't get over that. <laughs> Anywho, um, but yeah, that 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 uh, 2011 one had some had some. I feel like I don't want to go so far as to say it's like spectacular Spider-Man for Agent 70, but it's it was it gave some interesting feels. Anyway, next up. Alrighty, next up, Westworld star. Is he really the star of Westworld or a star of Westworld? Uh, I wouldn't say he's a star. I don't know. I, unless they propped him up a little bit more. Yeah, I was about to say, I know that Westworld has lots of rotating stars. Right. Um, Luke Hemsworth expressed an interest in joining his brother, Thor actor Chris Hemsworth, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as X-Men's Wolverine. He, he says that he learned to draw through comic books. I sympathize. Copying comic books since he was about 10 years old, the elder Hemsworth told Screen Rant. Spawn was a big one for him. He really loved Todd McFarlane's Spawn. And then Batman, he would have fought Rob Pattinson for those gauntlets. And Wolverine, um, you know, he claims that uh, he wants to get, you know, they'd like to, he'd like to see it go to another Aussie. And uh, he'd have to grow some chest hair, but he's ready for Wolverine. I just looked it up online. He's 5'11". He's still too tall in my book, but that's it's never still, stopped him. Um, 
I was about to say it's still better than six foot something uh, Hugh Jackman, <laughs> which I never bought. I know people love Hugh Jackman, but I never bought it. Yeah, I thought he was he he, he did all right. You know, given I given never, some of given I, some of his older roles uh, after that, it's like, huh, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that guy. Mm. I'm gonna be that guy. Be like he was too damn tall. It just didn't look right. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, he kind of, I, he had the look. Now, at least the facial hair look. Like, yeah, the tallness aside, he, you know, he was at least committed to it. To they should have done the reverse Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I want to say he did kind of was. I feel like I remember reading a story where he was like kind of slumped, not kind of you know kind of hunched over a little bit as he was playing or something. Yeah, I don't remember if that yeah, was the exactly. case. I was about to say, dude. I think they did try to do that so that he would always be like in that crouched over, like kind of uh, ready to pounce position that Wolverine right. often is drawn in. Right. So, but uh, but yeah, too tall. Yeah, and also yes, folks. If you didn't already know, there's a few, a couple of other hymns worth floating around. Uh, I know, I'm sure people at this point are well aware of it as they gush and fawn. Um, <laughs> But I'm sitting here thinking, like, how would you like? How would you go along to explain Thor and Wolverine <laughs> looking so much alike? Yeah, I know they were. Huh? He doesn't. He he must look like one of the other parents because one of the other parent, like the other parent, because I think uh, Chris Hemsworth and Liam Hemsworth uh, have a stronger resemblance to this guy. I looked this right. guy up. Yeah. Which I mean, I mean, there's the resemblance there, but yeah, you're kind of right. You know, it's just you know, and I didn't know. Uh, well, is it's a stronger, right? It's a stronger resemblance. Exactly. You know, that's right. Plus, at this point, I was like, well, I, you know, who the thought? But then again, we saw see more of Chris than the other ones, uh, unless you watch Westworld or whatever. Because so I was like, what's that? Wait, Luke is the older one. Okay, great. <laughs> whatever. Uh, next up, though. Vincent D'Onofrio is low-key librarian to join Spider-Man 3 as Kingpin. Um, actor Vincent D'Onofrio garnered widespread acclaim from critics and audiences for his portrayal of Wilson Fisk in Netflix's Daredevil. Since the series cancellation, many fans have called for the actor's inclusion in the MCU proper. And um, he has also been doing that same call, but, you know, respectfully. Uh, in response to a Twitter post by Fandom... Uh, asking, what's the one character you want to be want to be added to Spider-Man Three? Then Alfredo tweeted the fist line. When I was a boy, uh, he also retweeted a comment from to the fandom post by Gitami Radio, who wrote, "One character I wanted added to Spider-Man Three. How about Vincent and Dion Alfredo's uh, Kingpin?" So of course, you know, because people are are watching for the names on Twitter. So. I mean, I liked his version. I like he definitely he you know he definitely got into his role. <laughs> so and you you still kind of wonder it's like yeah why don't they use the folks that are already established from the Netflix series in the MCU? But things are things. So, and he's a big enough actor to be able to do both, you know. Or you know has had some screen time, so who knows? Sure. But listen, uh, I won't mind it. I think that's a good idea. So yeah. Like it, it's never made sense as why the separation between the the TV and you know TV and uh, movies for certain cases, especially. Anyway, next up. Uh, it's more of a smack in the face to Ike Perlmutter. Anyway, um, I just pulled a Roddy Cat there, stuck in some you know, snuck in some, <laughs> some uh, commentary remark. Nice, you know, 
Um, I've taught you well. Up, no. <laughs> What's that? So I've taught you well. Oh, no. I was actually I should have said like yeah you've been hanging around me too long but you know. <laughs> uh, so next up, Disney Plus rebrands non MCU Marvel films as Marvel Legacy. So Disney streaming service Disney Plus has created a new category for a certain type of Marvel film movies, and the new Marvel Legacy category may not appear to have much connection to each other at first glance, but one thing unites them all. None belong in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I just pulled this up on my Disney Plus app and I see them. Marvel Legacy movies, including X-Men, X2, Fantastic Four, The Wolverine, X-Men, Days of Future Past, Fantastic Four, The Abomination, and X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, everything that's not uh, Avengers related minus that uh, Hulk one. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Is that, they don't have either. No, they don't have any Hulk. Yeah, they don't have either the Hulk movies on there. Nope. It's a shame because, uh, I mean, I guess you don't really have to watch The Incredible Hulk to, you know, to, to understand how uh, Thunderbolt Ross fits in, you know. Right. But, it's but still, I think helpful. it would be helpful to have it. Well, plus the, the, the uh, after credit scene where, um, right. you know, is it, definitely a, a thing that kicks it all off. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's out there. Actually, I had not looked at that myself, but I'm like. Well, I already knew where this was going anyway. So it's basically all the X stuff and everything else, like Agent 70 said. So that's kind of amusing. But I, I'm hoping they did that in service of bringing in the older movies also. Like that first trash, well, the the other first trash Fantastic Four movie, the Captain America movie, the maybe that old... Uh, oh, I was about to say, the, 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 the first Fantastic Four movies here, they don't have Silver Surfer. No, 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 no. The Roger, the Corman one from the nineties. Oh, the Corman one. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm talking about. Like all those old ones, like the Incredible Hulk series and the that uh, TV movie where Thor showed up. You know, all that old shit. Which they don't, they don't have any Incredible Hulk on there at all. Actually, now that I think about nope. that. I, I mean, except for the, the uh, animated one from the nineties. But I think it's all Universal. Yeah. Um, I would add that uh, anyone who is on Disney Plus, it, it turns out uh, they just updated this. I think this week, or I just haven't uh, bothered to open up the Marvel section for a little while because um, I own all these movies. Right. But uh, but they've 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 created a, a watch order uh, for Phase One. And they phase did that. Two and Phase Three. Yeah, they did that a while ago. It, even oh, that list. Seems... And you can watch it in timeline order now too. Well, some of that still seems. Oh, kind it of... says timeline order. I know, but some of that still seems kind of off in a couple of places to me, but. Um, but yeah, it's, it, that's been it. Cause remember, I think we talked about it when they said they had, I, I want to say it was like shortly after they separated the X-Men into their own stuff or okay. supposedly it separated. And I think I remember seeing it like somewhere around then where they had that or shortly after yeah. then. Right. I just haven't opened the app to this particular section in a while. So it's interesting to see that they have done this for, uh, people who are trying to view things in certain order. Right. And it's cool because they, I don't know if I'm mistaken, unless they've changed it, they even have like the animated stuff uh, in, in in that particular timeline also as as well as the movies and such. Um, and it's kind of cool. But like, like, I feel like a couple of them seem like it's kind of out over, especially around the Fantastic Four stuff, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, anyway, uh, Disney Plus's Lego Star Wars holiday special adds uh, Kelly Marie Tran, Billy D. Williams, and more people with three names. I, that, I no. added that last part myself, that, which is not true, though. Um, 
Disney's upcoming Lego Star Wars Holiday Special has cast several franchise mainstays to reprise their roles. Uh, the aforementioned Killer Murray Tran, Billy Dee Williams, but also, of course, uh, Anthony Daniels, Matt Lantner, Tom Kane, James Arnold Taylor, and D. Baker Brattler, who those last few names you know of from The Clone Wars, specifically. Uh, will all participate in the special lending their voices to um, their respective live action and animated Star Wars characters. Uh, and, you know, we'll just get a press release after that. So that's good news. It sounds like we get a little bit of a synopsis of, of what this special is going to entail also. And judging by what I'm reading here, it's a Star Wars holiday special. Maybe possibly will possibly be a little bit better than the the original one. Who's to say? But it's also Lego, so who's to say? Next up. All right, next up. So uh, Star Wars Obi-Wan show is going to start filming in March of 2021, hopefully. Kenobi, the highly anticipated Obi-Wan standalone series for Disney+, Plus, centered on actor Ewan McGregor's return to the Star Wars universe, is set to start shooting in March 2021, according to its star. The confirmation comes about a month after McGregor revealed a slightly less specific timeline, letting slip that Kenobi would shoot sometime in the spring. It's currently planned as a one-season-only event series. It's going to take place sometime between the end of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, which Roddy Cat just watched, when Obi-Wan can be seen bringing baby Luke Skywalker to his aunt and uncle on Tatooine, mm-hmm. and the one that started it all, Episode Four: A New Hope. Yep, and therefore puts it before Rogue One and Rebels. Right. And or during Rebels. Uh, the, well, uh, yes. It depends, it depends it on depends. when in that time, because I think Rebels is more closer to Rogue One. As a matter of fact, it's specifically uh, before Rogue One in, certain, in a case, because... Right, because Rogue One goes right into New Hope. So. Exactly. And we see so some people that's, before that's pre... Right. right, and we see po- some people before see, that. Right, we might see a reference to something in Rebels. We might. Possibly. No. Yeah. The, well, we, we, well, we see. We do see Ezra. <laughs> you know? Ezra does find Obi at some point, so... True. But, you know? again, yeah, but whether this is before even all of that, you know, and it's, if it's, like like you're saying, directly after uh, of uh, Episode 3, and I guess wherever... Because I know season seven of Clone Wars, which I still hadn't gotten to yet, but I'm closer. Um, oh no, that's right! I just spoiled some. No, you didn't. Yeah, I, I wasn't even paying attention, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you, you know, Too sometimes you think that has to do with rebels. Well, exactly. Bringing that up kind of just like, like filter has to go up, you know, because of that. And I think I probably was spoiled on some of it already. So it, and I've just I kind of blocked it out. You finished it already. No, no, I'm I'm closer than what I was. I was about to say, I can still go back to poking fun at you for not having watched that yet. Jeez, man. Again, I'm closer than what I was. If you've been watching my tweet, well, I hadn't tweeted about it in about a week or two or so, but I have been updating my my hashtag Clone Wars rewatch. Right. We all know that Roddy Cat does not binge things the way I binge them. He very much does not, the way anybody apparently binges things, but um, (laughs) and that's fine. You know, everybody's paces their own. So, but yeah, here's where we are with this Obi Wan show. We'll see where it uh, where that happens when it ever comes out. And that whole one season thing, I mean, 
I feel like this one is probably closer to being that case than not. But at the same time, I feel like in cases like I guess like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek Picard to to being on the other side of the aisle, you know, they had claimed it was a season one season thing, but apparently there's a season two coming. So who's to say right. that this is going to continue to be the uh, the one season case that uh, they're saying right now? That's probably the one thing that's definitely not set in stone, unless, you know, McGregor's schedule doesn't allow for it. Right. But I'm sure they'd probably work around that and it'd just come later, you know. Uh, All right. And speaking of, we're on the the cusp of The Mandalorian coming out uh, in a couple of of weeks, in a few short weeks. So, yeah. Next up, though, uh, Disney developing Space Mountain movie from Obi-Wan Kenobi writer. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else to say about that, but hoping to replicate this huge success of its Pirates of the Caribbean season, uh, series, <sighs> Disney is about to convert another of its iconic rides from its park into a film franchise. Haunted Mansion says, hey, um, which that wasn't a franchise and probably didn't necessarily need to be a, a movie, but regardless, Disney has recently announced that it is working on a movie based on the Space Mountain ride as reported by uh, Hotter Reporter, Joby Harold has been enlisted as screenwriter and co-producer. The film would also be produced by Safe House Pictures, the production company operated by Harold and his wife, Tornell, as well as Dan Lynn and Jonathan Eirich's uh, production studio, Rideback. Okay. <laughs> Next up. Next up in... Uh, Take it with a grain of salt news. Spider-Man 3, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield casting rumors have been debunked by Sony. Sony Pictures apparently has debunked this uh, this rumor in a statement to, as I scroll, scroll, scroll through this story. Um, uh, let's see. In a statement to ET Canada, of all things, a... Eh? A representative of Sony Pictures said those rumored castings are not confirmed. Studios don't always comment on casting rumors, but in this case, Sony has debunked the currently circulating rumors about Maguire and Garfield. Interesting that they would tell this to E.T. I'm assuming that's Entertainment Tonight, Canada. Our home and native land. So, you know, that's the, that's that's my big reason for not uh, for for not, you know, for for taking this with a huge grain of salt. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And we talked about it before the show that it's like, yeah, we don't know if that's, you know, if we could take it for what we believe or, or for what they say, because there's been times where they've not. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, next up. Uh, sorry, I was putting a, another story in that I totally forgot to put in. Uh, but while we're doing that, oops, I messed that up just then. No, it did that. Cool. Yay. Green Lantern 10 part series set, uh, sets Arrow co-creator as writer. Uh, HBO Max is moving forward with the Green Lantern TV show from Arrowverse executive producer, Greg Valanti, who's, you know, give somebody else a show or a chance to produce some stuff maybe, but you know, I get it. Warner media has made a big splash last year when revealing their first late of TV, DC TV shows with Berlanti's track record and producing multiple DC TV shows. The producer revealed that he's working on strange adventures, as well as a series centered on the green lantern mythology. 
make that money, I guess. Uh, details have been extremely limited ever since the announcement has been made at the Warner Media events. Over this year, they have been they have slowly begun to reveal various details on what fans can look forward to uh, with this latest iteration of the Emerald Knight. And I will go ahead and take this next one because it's sure more. because this guy's annoying if you ever watch Pacific Rim. So I think he's perfect. Cast. <laughs> Uh, Pacific Rim's uh, Kaczynski wants to play Guy Gardner. So with HBO Max's Green Lantern television series on the way, Pacific Rim's Robert Kaczynski has uh, expressed uh, interest interest in playing everyone's favorite insufferable jerk, insufferable jerk with a green power ring and a heart of gold. I don't know about that. <laughs> Guy Gardner. Um, I don't often talk about jobs I want. I usually just go about quietly not getting them. But yeah, been talking about this uh, asshole for a decade. Kaczynski wrote on Twitter alongside an image uh, featuring a side-by-side comparison between him and Guy Gardner. Um, what was he in Pacific Rim? Or who was he in Pacific Rim? He was... Um, he ended up uh, dying with uh, Idris Elba's character at the end. But he was a pilot with... Uh, he was a uh, pilot of a Jaeger with his father. Oh, Wait, I thought, oh, is this that guy? Yeah, that's the guy. I thought there was another dude. Okay. No, he ends up, he ends up, uh, uh, pilot, he, no, he pilots one of the Yeagers with his father. And then, um, when, when they get down to the final battle, right, he has to sacrifice himself. He sacrifices himself together with, um, Idris Elba's character. Right. Okay. I was totally thinking it was, um, there was somebody else. So, okay. Cool beans. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, sure. I go, well, I go along with that assortment assertion also. Next up. All right. Next up, in an article from Screen Rant that actually, believe it or not, references a report from our very own Tim Adams over at CBR.com, Titans, Young Justice, and Stargirl are getting HBO have gotten HBO Max debut dates. HBO Max revealed the debut dates for these three former DC Universe series, Titan Season 2, Young Justice Outsiders, and Stargirl Season 1. Young Justice Outsiders... Oh, I'm sorry. Season 2 of Titans and Young Justice Outsiders, its second season, debut on November 1st, which is coming shortly, with Season 1 of of Stargirl, that is, debuting December 1st, which was on the CW. So you'll have a chance to see that on HBO Max very soon. Shout out to Tim, who whose article has been cited by Screen Rant. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, adding to his citations that, that I joked him uh, joked him about uh, last week, I think. Now that I think about it. Uh, let's see. Next up, as I'm trying to get the thing in order here. Oh crap! I didn't do the thing what I said. Happened? Over. Hmm. What happened? Uh, what happened? Let's see. Hang on. I'm trying to get this see, thing. What happened. happened was you're you're gonna see some juggling around live uh, here, folks. So bear with me here as I do this thing. Yep. Spoilers for um an article or two that is that is about to be talked about. 
that apparently forgot to put in the lineup. Or not that I forgot to put in, that I forgot to put in prior to. Uh, there was one other I was looking for, and now I can't find it. So I'll look for that in a second. But uh, the, the Stargirl showrunner offers update to season two prize, um, progress. Uh, Star Girl showrunner Jeff Johns gives an update on season two's production. Uh, after first being created for the DC Universe streaming service, Stargirl has made its uh, broadcast premiere on the CW in May. Which, wow, I didn't think it totally forgot it's been that long also for that. Uh, the series follows the teenager Courtney Whitmore, Brett Basinger, who lives in a normal life until discovers a powerful cosmic staff. Uh, you you know what? Some of y'all know what Stargirl is, you know, and probably been watching the show. We don't necessarily have to go through that. But in early July, Stargirl was renewed uh, for season two following positive reviews from fans and critics. Um, I know someone personally who was like really, really over the moon about it. So I'm like, all right, calm down. Uh, what's more, the show will leave DC Universe entirely and will air exclusively on the CW. Uh, Stargirl Season 1 came to an end in August, and since then, fans have been waiting for updates on when they what can expect the next part of Courtney's story. Uh, with so many 2020 productions being impacted by uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic, some have wondered if Stargirl could be similarly affected, especially since the CW's other DC shows have faced some setbacks. And it sounds like during Comic-Con, Jeff Johns uh, touched upon where production is for Season 2. And um, he gives a statement uh, below, which you can read for yourself in this article. This is in the show notes, which will be, um, you know, linked to. There you go. Next up. All righty. Next up, Chantel Van Santen opens up about her truncated flash run. Uh, apparently, the showrunner put her on a train all of a sudden. So this actress who... Uh, was on The Flash briefly as CCPD Officer Patty Spivett uh, to create a kind of a love triangle between herself, Barry Allen, and Iris West, um, you know, got uh, shepherded out of the show rather abruptly in season two. And uh, apparently um, uh, it may have been due to one of the showrunners, Andrew Kreisberg, who was one of the Flash's season two showrunners, um, who was uh, fired by Warner Brothers in November 2017 in the wake of numerous allegations of sexual harassment and inappropriate physical contact. So um, it may have been um, because of uh, one of these showrunners, well, him, the, uh, this showrunner or another showrunner, but at the end of the day, uh, I think she's in a better place because she is on The Boys. I don't know if you've been watching The Boys, but she is um, doing all right. Although I think they treated her character a little bit uh, wrongly this week, this this particular season. Huh. Go figure. A female character's being treated badly. Yeah, I think I heard a little bit about it. And I did know she was on The Boys, but I haven't been watching it. And in fact, we have more Boys news coming up uh, in, a, in a second. Uh, oh. But... Uh, yeah, I have heard that she was on there, and and some of the treatment issues or whatever, or how her character's been treated, rather. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on that, let's see. Boop. There we go. Speaking of uh, the boys, spoiler for every character who died during the spoiler attack. So apparently, there was a big. Um, I'm going to just put it out here, not knowing if that's the case or not. 
a big red wedding type attack. Kind of. Some would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just happened in a recent episode and a bunch of uh, super folks died, including, uh matter of fact, I'm going to tie in the next uh, next um, next uh, article into the zone because it is related. So did you watch this, first of all? Yes, I watched it all. Okay. So so you already know, but just for, in case people haven't, we're not going to spoil it. But uh, yeah, there was an attack in a place, not unlike also... Uh, well, I actually I don't know because I'm not watching. I was going to say like uh, Batman v Superman, but that's not the case because that was just a. Oh, was it? Kind of. Kind of. But yeah, so that was an attack in a in a in a setting, and from what this sounds like, and a bunch of super people got got uh, dealt with, including uh, the fact that the boy showrunner regrets killing that soup. So apparently, one of the uh, super powered folks that got killed off was. Uh, a recent addition to the show, I believe one that some folks would know from another show. Um, and also being the twin of another superhero or another person who played the superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, if that gives you any idea who that might be, I, I would go ahead and say one watch Killjoys and two. Um, damn ice man. Anyway, um, Apparently, that character got get killed off, and the showrunner regrets ki- killing them for some odd reason, which I will not read. Well, I, I would All say bad. that, in my opinion, I felt like even though it seemed like that character was definitely going to meet an end yeah. sooner rather than later, he did bring uh, a pretty good characterization to the to to the role. Hmm. So, gotcha. Alrighty. Um, so wow, I wish I could remember. See, just some so just a little behind the scenes, like uh, some when the, when sometimes when getting these articles, they're timed or they're gotten at a time, and sometimes the the stuff on the side uh, is no longer there when when you delete uh, said link and try to bring it back up because they've changes things out which means that something i was gonna pull up for the show is not there anymore or i can't find out where it is and i don't remember what it is so that's uh, oh, no. so, so that's cool but if i do find it i'll either bring it up or whatever the case may be next up though all right next up aftershock comics has announced plans for a merger with a tv film distribution company with a new umbrella name for the combined company aftershock media Aftershock has had TV and film development since its inception in 2015, but this merger with the distribution company Rive Ghosh or Reeve Ghosh will allow this new combined company to better leverage Aftershock's comic book properties more in TV, film, gaming, and podcasts. See? Podcasts. What a medium. Yeah, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, synergizing that brand, doing all that good stuff, which is probably a good and a bad thing because it, it's good for them, definitely, you know, to branching off. But it's also like, you know, we already got a glut of comic book based um, TVs and movies, and the cynical part of me feels like, okay, well, this is just another way for them to churn stuff out there in in service of that. Which is not necessarily has to be the case, by mind you. But that's like I said. But when when I first read this, it was like, yeah, that was the cynical part of me uh, thinking that. But it is what it is. We'll see how that turns out. Next up, 
Uh, Doctor Who theory. I'm, I guess the Agent Seventy is probably glad that I got this one. Uh, <laughs> um, River Song's regenerations explain the timeless child. So, spoiler alerts, I guess for for folks uh, <laughs> who would be interested in this, and you know, but um, River Song could be the key to Doctor Who's timeless child retcon. Doctor Who is the longest running sci-fi uh, science fiction TV show in the world, but current showrunner Chris Chibnall has dared to rewrite its lore. And a bunch of people have done that to various degrees of success in the past, but in Doctor Who season 12, he revealed that the Doctor is in fact the timeless child, a being who emerged from some sort of rift or boundary in time uh, and space and become the base genetic code for the entire Time Lord race. So, if you are paying attention to what Ed is saying, he basically, the, the doctor in whatever various form birthed themselves, birthed their own race. Now, comics is crazy. Doctor Who, Doctor Who granted, you could say that's some comics, that, that's some comic like, um, yeah, right. That is some definitely comic like uh, uh, of uh, retconning there going on, but um, anyway, the revelation has dramatic consequences. It effectively means that the Doctor is over a billion years old, older than the Time Lord civilization itself, and like I said, um, you know what I just said, and that she has unlimited regenerations, which is another thing that had been retconned in the past, in past seasons uh, to varying degrees. Anyway. Never again need the doctor worry about the coming to the end of her. Uh, I'm just going to say there because it could be a man or a woman, but or you know, or some non-very component therein. But of their uh, regeneration cycle, meaning Doctor Who can really go on forever, which they were going to do that regardless. Um, never again need the doctor worry about coming to the end. Of the I said that uh, can go on forever without needing to a boost from the Time Lords, because uh, if folks recall. I believe it was Moffat or somebody had said the doctor's got 13 generations and they had even gotten messed around with at at a certain point in time, um, including the eighth doctor slash war doctor type situation. But it's a whole thing, man. I love Doctor Who, but it's a whole thing. Anyway, the red, uh, the retcon has a massive impact on Doctor Who lore, fittingly surprisingly well with the classic series, but clashing rather with some plots from the 2005 relaunch. In truth, that makes sense uh, because Chip Noll is an old school Doctor Who fan who apparently came up with the concept of the Timeless Child back in the 80s when he was tuning in to the Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy adventures on TVs. But basically, long story short, uh, River Song may fit into the how this retcon goes a, a little bit more than maybe intentioned and even contradict some stuff. So, but you can read that for yourself, you know, all you Whovians out there. Next up, and I'm sure Agent Seven is glad he's gotten this. Well, not necessarily, but we. Yeah, I read about this. So apparently, uh, you know, we we all know that this has been in the news for a while. Animaniacs is coming back on Hulu, but apparently, um, the original uh, creative behind uh animaniacs or at least one of them and and my understanding is that they didn't bring any of the original uh writers or creators back they brought the voice actors back though um animaniacs creator tom ruger 
along with the rest of the original writing team, have not been invited back to the Revival series, and he's apparently not happy about it. Understandably so. Um, hey, you know what? Might as well take the next one. Go for it. All right. Uh, next up, the return for uh, Animaniacs. No! And it was announced at uh, New York Comic Con, uh, New York, uh, whatever they call New York Comic Con this year, online. Um, they revealed the cold open for Hulu's upcoming revival of Animaniacs. Um, Steven Spielberg's zany 1990s love letter to the Looney Tunes of the Golden Age of Animation. Um, the clip aired as part of a New York Comic Con panel on the upcoming series, which premieres on November 20th, just six days after the 22nd anniversary of the original show's finale. Oh, oh, did I just have to read that? 22nd anniversary. It brims with everything fans of the original series came to expect from the show. Sly pop culture references galore, a healthy disregard for the fourth wall, clean vectored outlines, and a sense of humor about the world and the show itself. Now in widescreen format. It's hysterical. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, you really should watch this. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And I saw some comments after, I mean, I saw some comments under the the tweet for this. And, of course, there were people like, well, no, that doesn't mean it's good. The picture lines should be the old classic. I'm like, shut up. Please shut up. (laughs) Just be happy the thing is back. Just just shut up. All right. In Um, all honesty, what they really needed was the voice talent. Once they secured the voice talent. Yeah. They're good to roll. They're good to roll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I would have been more upset if they hadn't gotten the the voice talent back. Right. You know, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have because that's just been a a, Mm -hmm. a very terrible oversight because all these people are still, well, I know at least a couple of them, most of them are still working, so. Correct. But yeah, definitely check out the, the, um, the, 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 um, the the teaser for it. It is, is pretty great. You, you have to love it. And if you don't, you have no soul. Yeah. Um, so we got... It's got a out Jurassic the... Park theme, too, which is pretty cool. The Jurassic Park theme. Exactly. It's so, it's, it's so on the nose, too. Like, I think I saw <laughs> Jurassic Park on cable the other day just for, like, a, a few minutes. And it was very close to the scene that they sort of parody. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it, it, it felt like I had seen it just to kind of refresh my memory of what happens during that part of the uh, that part of Jurassic Park. Yeah, so you almost did what I did with that Darth, Darth Vader book. Um, almost, I just happened to I happened to cross it on uh, on cable. I don't own it um, in any sort of home media though. So, mm-hmm. all right, next up, um, and um, what the hell is this story? Please go on. Yeah, so I just saw this um, as we were as we were talking earlier, which sometimes happens, but apparently. Tatiana Maslany, who starred in Ultra and Black as Sarah Manning from 2013 to 2017, watched that show. It's actually pretty good, uh, at least from the very little bit that I've seen of it. Denied being cast in the titular role for Disney Plus's live-action She-Hulk series. Uh, quote, that actually isn't a real thing, and it's like a press release that's gotten out of hand. Uh, Maslany turns the Sudbury star Thursday morning in reference to her portraying Jennifer Walters. It's totally not. I've been connected to these things in the past, and press uh, has gotten into it. But it's actually not a thing, unfortunately. Uh, when press, Manzalani continued to deny the casting. Yeah, I don't know how these things get. I don't know. I don't know. 
You know better? I have no idea. So she's not playing She-Hulk? What are we what are we supposed to make of this? Yeah, does, I, I don't did know. the Marvel snipers come out on somebody? What? It doesn't seem likely to have come out like that. Cause I'm like, I feel like if it was something that was I mean, yes, the the press kind of ran with it, but I felt like it kind of and I don't recall actually seeing anything directly from Marvel, but we've seen like people around it and including up into like MCU characters, you know, mm-hmm. wishing well. So you would think well, they may or may not be privy to that, you know, and probably just find out when everybody else did. But we, so I can't really right. say on that point. Uh, and neither this article even noted the people that is um, that is on that side that is um, that is uh, that comments it, right? Yeah, those comments on it. So I don't know what to make of this. This is kind of crazy if that's the case. This would be a first, also that that hasn't has, that has, hasn't come through. I kind of hope it, that. This is some sort of elaborate ruse because I think she would actually be pretty good at it. I don't I don't have an opinion because I'm not all that familiar with her. Hmm. You know, it's just, you know, you wonder, it's like, whoa, the, the Marvel snipers are out there. Somewhere. Maybe, but that that doesn't seem like should be the case in this particular, you know, thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. But I'll just say continuing developments will, will as we find out things. Uh yeah we'll we'll see how this plays out. So, but that is it for the uh, cinematic news. I was hope I was kind of actually was going to try to go out on that animated animax one, but I didn't move things around in time. Um, yeah. we'll transition into the comic news then. Absolutely. Um, the baddest Green Lantern just destroyed, boy, people are hyperbolic, uh, DC's worst Superman with one punch. Ah. So, uh, so this is a, um, it's like this is spoilers for Death Metal Multiverses End number one, which is apparently already out. I think this may have come out, what, last week or week before last or something? Right. I'm not entirely sure. But regardless, uh, let's see. Let's skip I think it was the week before last. Now probably. Uh, but apparently Guy Gardner must have punched, um, must have punched out, uh, a Superman one punch, like, uh, what happened to him all those years ago, back in Justice League International, which is still an iconic moment. So, yeah. (laughs) That's enough to say about that. I don't like Guy Gardner as it is, so whatever. Next up. All right. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, Nightwing breaks out a classic costume for the first time in years. So this happened during – trying to see what issue this was in. Justice League 54. Uh, uh, oh, that's why I missed it because I did not read Justice League 54. Oh, okay. So this is a Dark Knight's Death Metal tie-in. Excellent. Right. Nightwing, Nightwing is confronted with his entire costume history in a matter of seconds through a sudden telepathic attack. Um, wow. So at some point he's breaking out all of the costumes, including Disco Nightwing. <laughs> Apparently. That's wild, yo. So That's so funny. Yeah, so, that's... yeah, it's the first time uh, Dick Grayson has been seen wearing many of these outfits in quite a few years, honoring the character's past as death metal continues to forge a new future for the DC universe. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, 
Love it. So yeah, there we go. We got that coming up the pike. Um, Superboy just made the end of the DC Universe even worse. Uh, and this is spoilers for Deceased Hope at World's End number 11, which came out this week, or which I think must have come out last week. Because um, when I got the story. But uh, one thing the survivors in DC's uh, Deceased Hope at World's End are finding out is that things are always can always get worse. In previous issues, Wally West, Max Mercury, Jesse Quick, and Bart Allen Impulse used the cosmic treadmill to rip a hole in space and go to a different Earth free from the infection. Uh, just as the survivors thought there might be a glimmer of hope against the anti-life uh, virus, the world has certainly turned the world turned upside down. Anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> That's a Hamilton reference. <laughs> and an infected um, Black Adam and Hawkman emerge with an army of the infected. Uh, the heroes scramble to defend the survivors, but almost instantly, one of the strongest heroes, Adam Smasher, is infected by Black Adam. Uh, and deceased Hope at World's End, Superboy and Wonder Girl, and trying to save everyone and inadvertently make things worse. And if you are remotely interested in how that is and don't want to be spoiler, you can read it for yourself. This is kind of one of those situations where, like, just like in, in Justice kind of got to, it was like, yeah, the, the first book was book that the, the, the thing that started it off, and then all these other side books started coming out. I mean, the, kind of a similar thing is, felt like it's going on with this. No strength, no, no surprise that this is, like, Tom Taylor and, and, and Comprint. Not saying that that part is directly tied, but I'm just saying, like, okay, you know, this whole deceased thing is was good when it first came out, but all the this whole glut of other side books that happened to come out from it, I'm like, I just kind of dropped off of it. Granted, I'm not a big zombie person anyway, but still, like I said, I enjoyed deceased enough to be like, all right, I had to read a little bit more of this, and I feel, I feel like I didn't especially say that in uh, coming off of that series, and I did read a couple of it, but then they started making more and more books. So, yeah. But now we get into the, I guess, what we could be considered the big news of the week. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I'll take the, the lead story. We can alternate the next two stories. Sure. Uh, um, thank you to our, again, to our very own at TimDog98 uh, with the byline here on CBR.com. DC Future State promises a brand new DC universe in 2021. Fans are getting a glimpse into the future of the DC Universe in DC Future State, a line-wide event beginning January 2021, featuring all new heroes. DC has announced that the fallout from Dark Knight's death of metal Excellent. will lead to DC Future State, a two-month line-wide event beginning in January 2021. February will feature a combination of monthly and twice-monthly oversized anthologies, as well as a monthly schedule of miniseries and one-shots starring current and future DC heroes. All new characters will take on the iconic mantles of fan-favorite heroes in DC Future State, with new series launching with creative talent from the worlds of TV, movies, and animation. March 2021, we'll see DC's normal publishing lineup return, continuing existing storylines from 2020 and introducing new arcs for the year. Uh, DC executive editor Marie Javins said in a statement, the DC universe has always been fertile ground for new and refreshing takes on our characters and DC future state definitely contributes to this legacy. Um, (laughs) That word. 
I was about to say, in 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 my estimation, this is just DC five G under a different name or a different you know internet speed. I mean, this uh, is. I mean, I feel like this has been pretty much people's estimation of it, period. Because I feel like even we talked about it when they said they were giving up on the five G stuff and and announced this coming out. Mm-hmm. Even with what little we knew then, it feels like they were pretty much restructuring five G into this. Um, right, we're even getting you know like some of the stuff that had been uh, 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 talked about as being canceled because it looks like um, uh, John Ridley, uh, the award-winning screenwriter from Twelve Years a Sla- uh, Twelve Years a Slave, is getting his. Uh, I believe it's a Batman book coming out. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, we talked so, about that already, but yes. Right. So it's coming back, you know, like what what had been canceled is now coming back and, you know, as as we as we mentioned earlier, this is uh just going to be, you know, 5G by a different name. Pretty much. Um and with that, like this is kind of a combination of this feels like a combination of well, one, what uh Marvel's Generation event sounds seemingly like, but also, you know, they take notes from each other quite constantly so it's not a surprise even if that was the case um, right also I'll but also from what dc has done in the past restructure you know with the many crises and trying to re- right. know, redo things i was going to add that what this reminded me of obviously is very different in terms of what their uh goals in telling their stories are but this reminded me of and i said this in our back channel chat uh when Marvel stopped publishing all X books and instead put out all uh, the Age of Apocalypse books. Mm. So yes, you know, it's. I remember how jarring that was for uh, a hardcore X collector like myself. I'm really wondering what this is going to be like for people, and I know that they exist. I'm not one of them, but people who are hardcore DC collectors. I feel like we well, have. A dabble sense. here and there, and then take a break from everything else until everything starts back up again in two months. We've, I feel like we have the, well, we have gotten one opinion on it from from someone, and I, I can't say that I wasn't surprised by that perspective from right. this person. Um, you know, there's always the, the the folks who think leave well enough alone on the, on the other side of that also. So I'm sure there's going to be some people like that um even without anything of this actually have come into pass you know like we haven't seen anything from it outside of what we're getting right now so we don't even know what any of this is entailing as far as actual stories and how they're treating it so we can't say until we get to that point on a lot of this but um the lines are pretty much being drawn and and how they're handling this and yeah the dc just definitely has less uh compunction or restraint let's say about going from event to event like marvel has supposedly been said to do with their like hey no line wise for 16 months even though it doesn't feel like it because they got events going to events they're going to events they're going to the the big stuff they've got events that may not be line wide but they're definitely uh far reaching exactly Uh I would just add before we move on to our next stories uh, uh, concerning this uh, future state that the event is going to be split into Batman, Superman, and Justice League family of titles consisting of oversized comics, monthly miniseries, and one-shots. Correct, which we will get into this some of that. This is going to start January 2021. Right, which we will get into some of that with this next story in that uh, uh, DC's 
Future State introduces an extended Batman family. So DC Future State will feature big changes across the board for the DC universe, including the expansion of the Bat family as if it really needed it. That's my... Holy cow, that's a long list. Yep. Uh, according to DC, in this future Gotham City, uh, in this future, Gotham City is controlled by the Magistrate, uh, in caps. This villainous regime has taken control of the city, city, now under constant surveillance. All mass villages, land cities have been outlawed, outlawed, and Batman has been killed. Uh, but led by an all-new Batman, which is probably going to be Damien, uh, an all-new assembly of Gotham's guardians rise to give hope to all who have lost it, unquote. And okay. yes, as um, as uh, Agent 70 just alluded to, there's a bunch of bo- bo- uh, books slated, including a bunch of oversized books, which are, are um, which have been uh, listed here with the creative teams. Um... And you can see some of the covers for for them right now. Some mini series also, and just a bunch of books coming down the the pike from the stuff. So if you thought Fifty Two had a whole bunch of books, if you thought Convergence had a whole bunch of books, this is probably not going to be as as gluttonous as Convergence, but still, it's a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just for the Batman corner of the, right. from what I just scrolled to. So we get to the next one. Right. The next one is the Superman family. According to DC, due to his involvement in an international crisis happening in the near future, Clark Kent has been rejected by Earth, causing him to focus his life-saving efforts outside his adopted home. He travels to War World to rise through the ranks of gladiatorial combat in order to defeat Mongol <laughs> with the help of some unlikely heroes. Thor Ragnarok much? Uh, Back- World War Hulk much? <laughs> I mean, Planet Hulk much, rather? Right, right, right. But like I said, that's kind of Ragnarok-y. Well, yeah, sure, um, on the MCU side of things, yeah. Yeah, with the help of some unlikely heroes. Back in Metropolis, Clark's son, John, has taken on the mantle of Superman. After seeing the horrors that befell Gotham, he bottles, Metro- he bottles Metropolis in order to keep it safe, putting him at odds with Supergirl. Yeah, that's going to go well with that. <laughs> oh, um, So, yes, as, as you can tell, there's this thing uh, of legacy not unlike Marvel's, uh, well, kind of unlike Marvel's uh, generation thing, but definitely there's a thing of legacy going on with this, which I'm sure is going to, you know, piss off some longtime fans of DC because why can't it be Bruce Wayne? But some of them are still like, well, it's Jonathan, not some, you know, person of color that they have a problem with or woman. Um, but there, I'm sure there'll, there'll still be some focus. And again, uh, Jonathan has become Superman. Superman in this in that deceased thing, but because that's uh, you know other worlds or else worlds situation, I'm sure people don't take that you know uh, any credence to it. So, but yeah, regardless, this is we're we're seeing the, some of the strokes on the DC's future state uh, from this line, and of course with the, like the, with the last article, uh, there is a list of. Of um, comics that are coming down the line, I'm right. It looks like the it looks like Mister Miracle and Wonder Woman have been folded into um, the Superman corner of this reboot of this. Uh... Right, and that was what I was about to mention. That was like I questioned that, but okay, sure. Right. So uh, I I think it's funny that they're calling one of the uh, the books or two of the books Immortal Wonder Woman. Mm. I know, right. <laughs> 
So, uh, and does newbie is going to get a book? Um, you know, and of course, like like Agent Seven said, like that whole folding of Wonder Woman into the onto this the thing is kind of weird. Which you would think, as a member of the Trinity, she would have either had her own or right. would have been under the Justice League one books. Which I don't That's think I, what have. I thought. Yeah. What I thought, I thought she would have been under the Justice League banner. Right. But yeah, as you can see, as I'm scrolling, if you're watching the video, um, I'm scrolling through the covers and the creative teams of uh, of this book. Hey, that's a nice cover right there. Um, apparently, Wonder Woman's going to get in a suit also. So, I don't see anything on the Justice League uh, set of books, but maybe that's the information's not out there yet, or I or um, I'm past that point. So we'll see World War, I mean, uh, Planet Superman and uh, whatever the Batman was. I can't think of a, a correlation with uh, the, the Marvel side of that in 2021. But last but not least, on that part, on the Future State part. What's that? Uh, this next one is also, well, actually, yeah, it is actually this, the next story. The next one, I only see we did Batman and Superman. Yeah, but there's another one right after that that is also tied to Future State. The Teen, the teen Titans cartoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Red X, an original character, I remember this, created for Cartoon Network's Teen Titans animated series, is going to make his DC Comics debut during DC Future State, a tomb that the, the, what we just talked about. Um, February will feature a combination of monthly and twice monthly oversized anthologies, blah, blah, blah. So a teaser image for DC Future State by artist Dan Mora features Red X in the background among all new heroes and different versions of familiar icons such as Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and more. Okay. Yep. And I just found the story that I was looking for. Well, not the story I was looking for. This is a whole totally different. But as far as the, the DC Future State for the, the last pillar of that being the Justice League stuff, I just found that article. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tim also who did this. So he must have, I guess he did all of those. Um... Yeah, no, he, he didn't did. do the Batman and Superman one. He just did the main one. Uh, no, he did. Well, he did this Teen Titan one thing. He's also doing this next one that I'm bringing up, the Justice League ones. Oh, okay, right. No, but he did not write the, uh, the gotcha. Batman and Superman ones. Okay. Um, but shout out to Tim regardless. Um, anyway, so DC Future State features an all-new Justice League uh, uh, of legacy heroes. Again, not, not unlike all-new um, <laughs> all uh, Marvel. But anyway... Getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, an all-new Justice League team of legacy heroes will make their debut during DC Future State, uh, as we've already mentioned about what that's going to be about. The Justice League of DC Future State will have their secret identities hidden from each other. Uh, with a first-issue cover featuring new takes on Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, and Aquaman. Other titles under the Justice League family of DC Future State includes Justice League Dark... Uh, and I'm going to put this in the Skype chat for Agent 70 until I get it into the um, into the uh, show notes proper. So you can take a look at that. But uh, let's see. Other titles under the Justice League family for DC Future State include Justice League Dark, Swamp Thing, Shazam, Teen Titans, and Suicide Squad, which probably makes since why Teen Titans, oh, another reason why Teen Titans uh, uh, ending recently makes a little bit more sense because they're pretty much getting ready for this stuff. So, and of course, you can see, just like the other two articles, you can see the oversized um, 
comics list and the other stuff that has been listed with their creative teams. So there's Just League, Just League Dark, uh, some Green Lantern stuff, Suicide Squad, you know, uh, The Flash, Aquaman, who looks to be Calderon? Or, on, think- or, or is that Jackson Hyde? It could be one or the other. I don't know. Uh, no, I think it's Cal. It looks like Cal. Well, because yeah, but they put the. They also put the. I believe they gave uh, Jackson those tattoos also. So. Oh okay. Uh, so it could very well be one or the other. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And given the way that looks, it could very well be Jackson. But I don't. I, I don't know that for certain. Regardless, uh, Teen Titans. Uh, wait, this is, looks like Nightwing's going to be back with the. Uh, with the group, which sure, Shazam, Swamp Thing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, that's there goes that the last uh, uh, pillar of those books. The future state, uh, okay. Yeah, again, show notes. Uh, you can check all of that out uh, at your leisure. So next up, all right. Next up, Swamp Thing. He makes your heart sing. Oh no. Um, the following story contains spoilers for the story Ring of Stones from The Legend of the Swamp Thing Halloween Spectacular by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Dominique Domo Stanton, Jeremiah Skipper, and Dave Sharp on sale now. Did this come out this week or last week? Um, maybe this week. I'm not into, actually no, because I don't think it maybe it came out last week. I don't remember either way, honestly. Because we don't have it. Hold on. Swamp Thing. I'm just gonna I have a comic list open, so oh, actually it might have come out well before now. Check out DC Swamp Thing. Yeah, it's not this week. Because it, it might have come out prior to this. Um, but I don't honestly oh, no, know. Oh, Legend of the Swamp Thing. Hold on. Mm. I was looking for the wrong Legend. Or this is one of those ones that came out in um, Walmart. But it doesn't say here. Mm, I definitely don't see it in this week's solicits. In this week's list of books. So. Mm. But uh, I can always check last week's and just double check. Ring, 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 ring of stones. That's so funny. Hold on. DC, DC, DC. It was last week. Legend of the Swamp Thing Halloween Spectacular came out last week. Yeah, okay. I just looked it up on uh, Comixology. So. Mm-hmm. So uh, Swamp Thing is one of the older forces for good in the DC universe. Um, It's got deep roots in the old world. Uh, It turns out there was an ancient version of Swamp Thing that actually bonded itself with one of the world's greatest unsolved mysteries, Stonehenge. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Jolly old England. So, all right. Um, You know, have fun with that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Thomas Stanton, who's getting more work. Uh, he's a young, young cat doing some things. All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, pull that one for next week. But next up, uh, Tom Taylor and John Samariva. Samariva, I hope I pronounced that right. Reimagine Peter Pan and Neverland in two book series for Penguin, Random House, and Glenette. Uh, writer Tom Taylor and artist John Samariva are working together on a new graphic novel series imagining a wartime Peter Pan called Neverlanders. Uh, the first of two planned volumes is scheduled to go on sale in summer of 2022 through Penguin uh, Penguin Random House's Razorbill imprint for English audience and Glenette for French audiences. Uh, 
a quote-unquote a gritty modern fantasy tale set in the world of Peter Pan. This story follows a group of young runaways who have been spirited away by the last living lost boy. Not to be confused with Mr. Cheeks and them. Uh, he's uh. desperate for their help to save Neverland, which has become a war zone in Peter's absence. Uh, read the synopsis of Neverlanders. Along with General Tinkerbell and her fairy army, these lost teens will have to face off against a merciless band of pirates until a new pan has finally risen. Um, Taylor and Summer River will be joined by on Neverlanders by color artist Michelle Asa Rasakorn. I apologize if I messed that up. And letterer Wolfgang uh, Belsima. Belsima. So, Sim Sima. All right. So, yeah. Talking can, about Jeep's Lex Coops Bimas. <laughs> oh, no. It all, it all comes together. But, yeah, so there you go. That's a, that's a, that's a thing. That's a thing that sounds like something that's probably going to be turned into an animated show or movie at some point in the near future. Stay tuned if that's exactly true. Um, but next up. All right. Next up, we have a first look at baddies uniting as Thunderbolts battle the King in Black and latest Marvel events. So, there, uh, the uh, based on some of the things that we've seen in not in oh I don't know I guess we have seen them in solicits, but I, I think this is ahead of the most uh, of the solicitations that would involve most of these. These are announcements pre solicits. Um, King in Black yeah, is a couple going of a couple to, of the stuff is actually. What's that? I said, in fact, a couple of the, I believe the next one is also in, in that vein. Right. This is ahead of the solicitation announcements um, where King and Black, uh, Roddy Cat and I were discussing this earlier, might have been off camera, but King and Black seems to be, um, uh, I don't want to say reinvigorating, but definitely um, re maybe putting to use some of the creative teams that had books that were unceremoniously dumped because of uh, empire coming at, uh, you know, hot on the heels of uh, the pandemic. Mm. So it seems like some of those books are now coming out under the banner of King in black. So, so, uh, um, so this, this article has, um, an interview with, uh, Matthew Rosenberg, uh, the interviews with Matthew Rosenberg, who discusses the upcoming tie-in of Thunderbolts with King and Black. Um, it's a different group of Thunderbolts. Um, let's see here. Uh, just scrolling through because it does look like they they uh, they provide some interior looks, some some pages, some interior pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking to see if there's a listing of characters that are involved in this particular. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah, you this see time them. There's no difference. The team includes both villains like Taskmaster, Rhino, and Mr. Fear, and antiheroes like Star and Batroc Zilipel. Hmm. Star is an interesting one to be on that team, but I guess. Yeah, an actual Infinity Stone, unless she doesn't have it anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, she doesn't end up like Sentry. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That's right. All right. Cool. So, yeah, that's uh that that is a thing. That's uh that's a thing that happened. I guess if we would say Suicide Squad, this would be Marvel's real answer to that. So to a point. 
So next up con- on continuing with some King and Again Black news, Marvel event King and Black expands in January with Gwenham and Black Knight specials, Planet of the Symbiotes mini. So yeah, basically there's a, a bunch more stuff coming uh, under King of King uh, King and Black, including the aforementioned Black Knight one, excuse me, a, a Gwenham mini, and looks like this has been updated to with that information. It says um, King and Black. Oh, yeah. King and Black, Gwenham versus Carnage is another seemingly one-shot uh, by Sinan McGuire and artist Flaviano uh, that promises major consequences for the popular web-slinger, quote-unquote. Popular web-slinger? Okay. Um, see, the Black Knight book is coming, who was who uh, written by Simon Spurrier, drawn by Jesus Sayas. Uh, and it's called King of Black, Black Knight number one. And of course, he's fighting a dragon because he's a knight. And Planet of the Symbiotes mini. Uh, you know what? Who cares? And there's a couple of other ones. I honestly can't find myself caring that much about anything Venom. Much Venom. <laughs> um, so if that is not become apparent, it load this many a time but yes there's some other stuff coming uh king of black that's a thing that is another yet another event that's coming down the pipe very soon and again like i just already said uh the this was in advance of the january uh celebrations will probably which we'll probably get in by next week or sometime i'm sure uh for some other stuff but next up all right next in fact you take uh, both of these both of these next two actually Okay. Because they're related. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah, I see. Um, I just had to – I was actually looking at the webpage to see what they were talking about. Um, Ryan Otley has announced his departure as the regular artist of Marvel Comics' ongoing Amazing Spider-Man series, a title he helped relaunch alongside current writer Nick Spencer in 2018. Um, Otley drew the first chapter of the oversized Amazing Spider-Man number 49 eight, uh, slash 850, and that is now confirmed that – it's now confirmed that that was his last work on the series. Uh, Otley said on his f- public Facebook fan page that it came down to him wanting to work on other projects. Um, he worked on 20 or so issues. Uh, he didn't do all 50, uh, but he definitely did 20 issues uh, of those 50 issues that came out. Um, or the 49 issues that came out, that is, because this week was 50. Um, let's see. Mar- Otley states that he's not done with Marvel Comics. In fact, he confirms he's already at work on his next unannounced project. All righty. Um, no replacement has been announced for Otley as regular series artist. Um, no replacement has been announced just yet. Well, well, we don't know if the yeah, next we don't necessarily is- know, but yeah, but we know who's coming up next on the book. But I would just go ahead and. and- put here that um, while Otley did say he, he decided to jump off, we all know that it was because of Agent 70. Uh, it's because hey, man, I got the, <laughs> listen, I got the juice and, and you know, don't come at me you know, uh, you know, you know, you, you, uh, whatchamacallit, you, you come at the king, you best not miss, Ryan. <laughs> you know, uh, um, making a joke at uh, Agent 70's, uh, um, you know, not really caring that much for Otley's Ot uh, during the course of this run in, in, no, in cases. But no, anyway. I'm pretty glad that it's not going to be around any longer. 
um, in related. Won't be around news. next year. Exactly, exactly. Um, but next in up. related news, <laughs> right? In related news, Mark Bagley is joining Amazing Spider-Man number fifty-three in an interior artist change. Bagley is going to draw Amazing Spider-Man fifty-three rather than announced artist Patrick Gleason. Bagley is famous for doing stuff very quickly, which in my opinion, is to his detriment. Mm. Um, I think he benefits from, you know, having more time and and uh, tighter pencils and tighter inks uh, mm. from whoever is inking him. Um, the issue ties in, uh, issue number 53 ties into the uh, upcoming Last Remains arc that flows right out of issue 50 that came out uh, this week. Um, and I don't think Bagley is going to be doing the cover, which is already solicited, so... Right. Um, I thought we had established that Gleason was the going to be the we know he we we know he's coming on to it because we've already seen it. Uh, right. But I don't know if even as of that last article that that has been established that he's going to be the the main person on that Gleason's going to be the main person on this book. Right. I was about to say uh, even after Otley was essentially the the primary artist on the book they have brought in rotating uh art art teams to make sure that the book came out um sometimes at an accelerated double shipping schedule right so they, and that double with the fact that they had other stuff other like uh one shots going along with it you know to, they kind of need this i was gonna help. say uh amazing spider-man is no stranger to rotating artistic teams true so yeah there we go uh, next up, though, speaking of Spidey, all the new Spider-Man comics, graphic novels, collections coming from uh, Marvel. So, yeah, Spidey's always been the face of Marvel Comics for the past half century, and although other characters and teams like, uh, like Iron Man, the Avengers, and the X-Men have nipped at his heels popularity, well, this is Otto's assertion, uh, Spider-Man is still Marvel's de facto flagship property. That's, that's not true. I mean, that's not, excuse me, that's not a lie. Um... I guess. Anyway, the the main Amazing Spider-Man titles, just a milestone, 850 issues between all of the various rebooted volumes since his debut. Blah, 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 yakety schmackety. Hey, guess what? There's a whole bunch of um, Spidey books yeah, coming this along. Looks like, yeah, I was going to say, this looks like the solicits for well, it's, Spidey. It's advanced. It's, uh, solicits. Yeah. Uh, so some of the stuff we've already talked about being the... the the last remains, uh, the last rights stuff, and some of the, the one shots they're in. Um, so that whole thing that we've kind of already talked about the trade for uh, Sins Rising. Of course, um, Miles' book, uh, a couple of issues of Miles' book. Uh, let's see, yes, yeah. some King and, King and Black tie ins. I'm trying to get back to. W E wait, Web of Spider Man's coming back? Or it's W E B of Spider Man, I guess this is the guy that got it. Yeah, W E B, yeah. Yeah. But and of course they're even putting into the Marvel action stuff, which is IDW uh, uh books, which weirdly enough, but I guess that makes sense. So that um looks like they're doing well, they're they're um doing a hardcover of Craven's Last Hunt. Okay. Yeah. And of course Epic Collections and uh McFarlane's Spider-Man. They're doing they're doing a trade of that. Um and a couple of omnibuses. I'm trying to get to where there's some actually some other decent new stuff. 
but yeah, it looks like a bunch of omnibuses. And I thought there was going to be like some prose books or something in here, but I don't see that stuff. But basically, art, a whole bunch of collections and art, uh, Ramita, uh, John Ramita's um, Artisan Collection uh, Edition, hopefully with less um, issues than Claremont's, uh, <laughs> Claremont's uh, recent uh, one. But yeah, a bunch of Spidey books and collections coming about in the next uh, coming time. Yay. Next. Alrighty. Um, I'm just scrolling for something I thought I just read that might be related to this. Mm. Um, but I don't see it. I thought it was on CBR.com because I was scrolling through their news uh, just recently. But maybe they just took it down. I don't know. But it's regarding uh, this this uh, uh, Miles Morales news. Is that comic or is the video game stuff? Uh, who knows? Anyway, getting back to this story. This is definitely uh, video game um, stuff. Yeah, Miles Morales is giving its hero the sickest Spider-Man suit of all time and ditching the cops. Um, though Spider-Man Miles Morales is still set in the same universe as Insomniac's first Spider-Man video game is very much meant to be the story of how, after training under Peter Parker, Miles is ready to break free and define his own legacy as one of New York City's protectors. Um, a number of new details have uh, come out in the latest print issue of Game Informer. Um, something about licking boom-boom down. Um, it features an amazing cover of Miles, illustrated by his co-creator and Ultimate Spider-Man artist Sarah Pacelli. Um... Let's see here. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. It's looking for the sickest uh, <laughs> uniform thing. Um, so so there's, a, there's an image. Uh, yeah, there's an image of it down there. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Uh, in addition to Miles' new support technology, the game's also giving him a bevy of new suits, like the gift suit. Um uh, a gift from Peter Parker, another look that resembles the character's design in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and the 2020 suit, a costume featuring a Daft Punk-esque helmet uh, featured in an image that Rattacat is probably showing you, outfitted yep. with LEDs that looks absolutely phenomenal. I, mm-hmm. I I saw an article, and I don't want to throw out um, um, hearsay because I thought I saw... Oh, no, I did see. Here it is. I'm going to share the link with uh, with Roddy Cat because he would appreciate this. I'm going to put in the sheet and refresh our uh, what should we call it and refresh it. Let's see. I can paste. Do do do. Listen to us as we work. And all right, live recordings, folks. Gotta love it. Okay, follow that link I put in the bottom. Um, so apparently Miles Morales, Miles Morales is dropping Air Jordans for Adidas in the new game and fans are apparently not happy. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, um, nice kicks, a website dedicated to sneaker culture and community spotted a key difference in Miles' footwear in, uh, the video game previews that we've seen. By comparing photos from both projects, in Spider-Verse, the hero is wearing Air Jordan, specifically what appears to be a pair of Chicago Ones. However, in the new game, he has switched brands representing Adidas instead. I mean, I mean, I, I assume sneakerheads, you know, don't necessarily just stick to brands, but stick to styles or, or change styles when, the, when they're whatever. So I don't 
no uh whatever but here's the point that i've been meaning to bring up if i haven't already since uh into the spider-verse and even aside of that how the hell is he wall crawling in sneakers or or speeder for that moment like okay yeah the gloves one part but he's in full-ass sneakers and we have totally seen him sticking to walls with said sneakers we fairly as far as we know their powers don't just do like that. Like, no, they're, they're like touch base, you know, direct touch I blame, base. So, I blame Sony. Because uh, that is, that Sony is, unless, of, unless the sneakers are mad worn out, which is not implied. So, but they wouldn't stick to walls. <laughs> and again, well, we know the spider powers don't just like instantly magnetize to stuff. Unless that's, that's something like no one ever called any attention to that either. I I would say I have never seen anyone calling any attention to that. But that has been a thing that's kind of irked me since Enter the Spider Verse, and even in the um, even in Spider Man in general, like in the you know in, in recent years, like they're in full ass sneakers wall crawling. Like how? Like yeah. I I can think of a type of a way, but even then doesn't make any kind of sense. Especially when you see them just like standing there posing with full ass sneakers. I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand. You got it. Me, man. Yeah, but anyway, that's that's you know that's neither here nor there. I suppose comics or so I'm sure somebody's be like, no, you're wrong. Um, but I'm just thinking like, yeah, like you're kind of saying, it's just like. That's just a thing they just glossed over in into the Spider Verse, or and people have gone with it. Although, th- to be fair, that's kind of a thing that's been that has happened before into the Spider Verse happened. Again, mm-hmm. the one I don't think anybody's ever uh, called attention to it. So, and I'm sure people are thinking I'm crazy for calling attention to it now. But regardless, this is a silly ass story. But thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> next, exactly. President Bartlett, please get us moving along. Much next. So we basically we kind of already talked about this, but we didn't necessarily talk about this part about it, which I'm kind of I guess I'm kind of glad I put this in the store in lineup. But um, a Marvel movie icon briefly becomes the new Sorcerer Supreme in this week's Avengers. So yeah, during like I said, when we talked about this, so we didn't really talk about it, but uh, but basically uh, they get some, of, but. Yeah, yeah. The, the Avengers get some of the uh, cleaved off powers from Khonshu and gave them to a couple of, of the other Avengers, uh, aka Blade and She-Hulk. And they, as I call them, amalgamations of the characters, but not, it's not really the case. Uh, more like, um, you know, temporary power-ups, let's just say. So Blade uh, ends up getting, looks like the Eye of Agamotto and becomes... Supposedly, that means he becomes the social supreme. Doesn't necessarily mean that, but that's what this article chose chooses to say. And uh, She Hulk ends up using uh, some Iron Fist uh, type techniques, although we only see like a panel of either one of them doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. I thought it was cute, but you know, I think that was just a one and done, and that was it. So next up. Right. In interesting news, Immortal Hulk writer Al Ewing says a very different spoiler alert is coming. So if you uh, uh, want to be spoiled, feel free to listen. If you don't want to be spoiled, just fast forward a little bit after the bell. 
Al Ewing teased the return of a character in, in, in Immortal Hulk number 40, assuring that this new version will offer a fresh take on the fan-favorite monster otherwise known as Walter Langowski, a.k.a. Sasquatch, who's played a substantial role in Al Ewing's current Immortal Hulk series. Though the character is currently dead, we all know that doesn't mean too much in the Immortal Hulk world, especially for gamma-powered people. All comics, period. Ewing, right. Ewing has teased the return of an all-new Sasquatch in the pages of issue number 40, hitting stands uh, November 18th. He's similar in some respects, but very different in others. He's very much not the Sasquatch we know and love, Ewing teased in his exclusive interview with CBR. Ewing admitted that the upcoming edition of Sasquatch was an idea that came to him quite suddenly, leaving little time for series artist Joe Bennett to prepare the character's new appearance. But that fits with what we're doing with the character. Ewing explained he is both different and isn't. Which, okay. which I feel like something that I was alluding to earlier that played out or that showed up in this issue, this week's issue of Immortal Hulk, that might play a part in that. I have, I mean, granted, it's two issues from now, so we don't know. But I feel like that what something we saw in this week's issue might have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. I suspect. Could be wrong. Probably am. Who knows? Next up, director John Ridley heads to Marvel for Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood. So, yes, not only is he's continuous work with DC, which I think the other side of the DC stuff is supposed to be coming out uh, at some point soon, now that I think about it. But regardless, uh, John Ridley will head to Marvel Universe for Wolverine Red. Red uh, I keep thinking of Red Writing, so y'all know what I'm thinking about, that whole Captain America thing. Uh, Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood. Ridley will contribute a story to Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood number three with um, George Fornes, Jorge Fornes, George Fornes, uh, on art duties. The story will see Wolverine traveling to Japan, where he will engage uh, in a blood-soaked duel with his old foe, Silver Samurai, which we've just seen in the Xbox, and that's kind of sure. Maybe it's the fight that we didn't get to see during during the Wolverine, because we didn't necessarily see that fight go off. Maybe it has something to do with that, you know? Right. Right. Who knows? Uh, quote unquote here, I can think of no better way to kick off my writing relationship with Marvel Comics than by contributing to a truly fantastic anthology series centered around Wolverine. Uh, really said in a statement. Equally exciting is having the story illustrated by George uh, Fornes. Look forward to writing more stories set in the Marvel Universe and with their roster of iconic characters. We all know who John really is at this point, so we don't necessarily have to say, but we also know what he's going to be doing in the pages of comics next. All right. Next up, uh, the new Eternals ongoing series has been postponed for two months by Marvel. It was originally announced to debut November 11th, 2020. The series is now rescheduled for January 6th, 2021. Um, a revised release date for the second issue originally planned for December, 2020 has not yet been announced. The publisher has not given a reason for this delay. However, this news comes as the Eternals movie was postponed to November, 2021. It was originally scheduled to debut in November, 2020 before the onset of the pandemic, but was pushed back first to February, 2021 and now to November, 2021. I wonder if this is really going to screw with the Marvel legends figures that are supposed to come out. That, that's your that's your take from this <laughs> yeah because some of them have leaked that's the thing so okay sure all right 
<laughs> not the movie, not as okay. But anyway, I do love uh, Newsarama's penchant for brevity. I, it is much appreciated. But yeah, mm-hmm. who knows if it will affect anything at all? To be let's be honest. Um, Heavy Metal launches Magma Comics imprint, announces wave first wave of titles. So Heavy Metal Entertainment has announced that it's uh, launching a new creator-owned imprint called Magma Comics. The announcement of Magma Comics also includes a list of first wave of titles and the creators working on each series, with the imprint officially launching in spring 2021. Um, and there's a, a list of um, list of titles that you can see if you're watching the the uh, the video version of this. Uh, that you can see and also a press release that you can read for yourself in the show notes. Next. Next up. um, Ahead of the company's New York city comic con, New York comic con, it's not New York city comic con. Come on. Who is this? Alison Hambrick. (laughs) Come on, Alison Hambrick (laughs) over at CBR. It's New York comic con. See, I'm not the only one who does this. I'm going to speak. I want to speak to your editor. So, (laughs) It was announced that Archie Comics. <laughs> it ain't it was just me. That. It's not just me. So anybody who's even think you've even been thinking that it's not just me. There we go. Continue. It's New York City Comic Con. No, 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 no. Just the the, the um the, the commenting on the the. The, the oh, you know, there's stuff that hits me close to, that like literally hits me close to home. So I know. Uh-huh. I know. It was announced that Archie Comics will be bringing original webcomics to Webtoon. The Webtoon platform and audience is perfectly suited for the Archie brand, and we're excited to partner with them to create new stories that expand and build on the tales we've been sharing with fans for almost 80 years. Alex Gora, co-president of Archie Comics, told Polygon. Um, Webtoon was started six years ago, and since then it has become one of the fastest-growing comic platforms. The key difference being between traditional comics and webcomics on Webtoon is that the webcomics are released as free weekly chapters that readers can comment on directly. This enables people to discover similar content and to engage directly with the creators. The platform has launched several highly popular titles, including Lore Olympus, which is being adapted into an animated series by the Jim Henson Company. Who? Well, we know who Jim Henson is. So, yeah. Oh, that part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But Laura Olympus, really? Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, man, God of High School does a really good anime that also came off of, uh, that also started off as a, um, a webtoon property. Um, so it's a pretty good one of those. Um, I will say that. Anyway. Uh, Archie Comics opens up on 2020 challenges and preparations for 80th anniversary in 2021. So this may or may not be from that same article that that, that, uh, last thing pulled from. Uh, 2020 has been a year no one expected, ain't that the truth, including Archie Comics. Uh, But they've rolled into with the proverbial punches have made several announcements in the final months of 2020 as they prepare for Archie's 80th anniversary in 2021. Um... 80 years old and still a teenager. How about that? Anyway, uh, in the past 30 days, they have... Yeah, listen to that, Batman fans. <laughs> I was about to say, all hate mail can be directed to. 
Lord. Yeah. Anyway, in the past 30 days, they have made a deal for all their comics to debut day and date on Comicsology. We've already talked about that uh, on Comicsology Unlimited. Partner with Webtoon to uh, begin original Archie web comics on the platform. We just talked about that. And signed a deal with Spotify for a series of audio drama books, drama, drama podcasts. We've already talked about that like last week. Um, da 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 da. While this flagship title Archie remains on hiatus, it has already made plans. Please stop playing video. I hate you. Um, boy, I miss you, Nizrama, the way it used to be. Anyway, uh, it's already made plans to resume the publication of new Archie comics through the end of 2020 and into 2021. Uh, and the rest is an article, I mean, is an interview with Alex Segura, the head of Archie Comics, about the big picture. And what is coming in the 8th anniversary. You can read that as you leave your show notes uh, once again. Next. Next up, uh, in another article written by our very own at TimDog98, uh, IDW Publishing is celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Transformers computer animated series starring the Beast Wars with a new series in 2021. Launching February 2021, Transformers Beast Wars number one is an oversized issue written by Eric Burnham of uh, Transformers and Ghostbusters and illustrated by longtime Transformers artist Josh Burcham. Um, the full press release it can be found below. Um, listen, fans of Beast Wars, and I know you're out there, will yep. probably want to pick this up. Uh, well, one, I'll be picking this up anyway because I'm apparently on the Transformers beat. One, I did not know Tim was actually even interested in Beast Wars or Transformers, but I mean, that's not necessarily saying that it had anything to do with him writing this or not. But right. um, but they, Transformers uh, is another one of those where they've been going hot and heavy on a lot of books uh, and they're pretty much just ramping up, not you know, crossovers aside, and those have been going on for, for a good minute now. I'm actually surprised that uh, Beast Wars took this long for them to do but also not surprised that this is uh happening now because well, it's happening in conjunction with the netflix cartoon yes uh but also you know again even outside of that i'm kind of surprised that it, it took them long to to even pull this out the the pocket because uh, again, that, that the ongoing series has, has been going on, uh, and I just got caught up with that. And then there's Galaxy, and then there's like the whole crossovers, and then there's a couple of one shots. Like there's been a lot of Transformers, really, but that's not unlike the them their original run of uh, IDW's original run of Transformers because there was like two or three books at a time going on in that. So not a surprise. At least this time I can actually try to keep up with some of it. And some of it's actually pretty good. Um, in fact, I think. By the time the next time come on, I'll, I'll update the Transformers thing. But regardless, let's get on to the last story of the night. Um, Doctor Who, the Edge of Reality console game coming in 2021. I was about to say, this is right up your alley, man. <laughs> yes, we almost had bookending ends to the news cycle to, tonight, but it didn't work out that way. Uh, Whovians rejoice as a new Doctor Who game, The Edge of Reality, is coming to PC and current-gen consoles in 2021. Developer Maze Theory, in partnership with BBC Studios, has revealed Doctor Who, The Edge of Reality, a reimagined version uh, version of the 2019 VR title Doctor Who, The Edge of Time. Uh, the Edge of Reality will offer a quote-unquote new compelling first-person adventure and features... 
the 13th Doctor, paid by Jodie Whittaker. Cool. And edition 13 will be joined by the 10th Doctor, played by David Tennant, which I wouldn't be surprised if they get him back for, because I know he's done a good bit of voice work. Uh, also, as the, excuse me, as the story continues on from the events of The Edge of Time, new gameplay, monsters, and worlds are teased, including the Cybermen, Daleks, and Weeping Angels. The player will aid the Doctor by wielding the sonic screwdriver to defeat to defeat a universe-spanning threat. It's always a universe-spanning threat in the Doctor. Anyway, in a continuation of the story beats experience in The Edge of Time, which I never got to experience because apparently it's VR. Um, It'll be out for current systems. Yeah, so basically... Oh, and it sounds like... Oh, well, whatever. Christopher Eggleston, a.k.a. Destro, will be returning as the Knife Doctor as a part of a new audio series, which I'm pretty sure we've already talked about uh, on the side of that. So, yeah, this is cool. Um, I'm also kind of glad that there was no, let's say, um, issues with anyone from the, the from anyone associated with the Doctor Who brand that Kate said any stupid as transphobic or racist remarks around the time that this was uh, coming out and therefore burying this product like they mm-hmm. potentially have done with someone else has done with another product of theirs recently. And that's all I'll say about that. Okay. Anyway, that is the end of the news for tonight. Uh, as we go into another ad read. I was about to say before we go into oh, okay. our ad read of the night, we have a little bit of toy corner on both sides. Oh, right. I was gonna I was gonna say that for last of that, corner. but yeah. So um I did in fact pick up this past uh last week actually, I picked up the uh Silver Centurion Iron Man armor from Walgreens, the Walgreens exclusive. I lucked out. I did not find this anywhere close to home. I did have to drive into upstate New York to find it, but I did get lucky and happened to be in the aisle as one of the Walgreens employees was stocking the toy section. Hmm. It's pretty cool. And yeah, wait, did you have something else? Yeah, this, as we see, uh, Agent 70 uh, holds up the box with the front and back and stuff like I still want that Joker and I'm I'm on the hunt for it myself. Right. But my Walgreens did not net the the same thing that he did. <laughs> right. Right. I think I already showed off the war machine, if I'm not mistaken. No. You did earlier, yeah, before the show. But no, no, but on a, on another show, I haven't. Maybe you have. I don't remember, honestly. But well, just to show it. Yeah, just flip to it up show again. It I did get the uh, the war machine from, I, I, I did pluck this off of Amazon. I pre-ordered this. But the war machine is out now. Um it's pretty cool. It's got a roadie head. It's old school, 80s, 90s roadie with a flat top. Um, it's a really nice rendition of the comic book War Machine armor. Indeed. And for myself, as I, let me see, let me pop it over to me. Boop. I got where um, we talked about this, what, last week, I, I think, on the show? Or, or was it Yes, we talked, about, we talked about our, our adventures online. Yeah, um, but basically... Move this out of the way, uh, and do a little. Oh Lord, I cannot do this. This is not going to happen. Um, there we go. Got it. That's it. There we go. That works because I would have had to turn off my thing. Um, so yes, as you can see, if you're watching the video, the Storm and Thunderbird two bo- two set uh, two uh, two pack 
Um, we, uh, Agent 70 and I both had some amusing issues coming across this uh, Target exclusive figure online, uh, which had to do with a bunch of refreshing of, right. of web pages. And, and me asking, yo, is this really real to Cal? Exactly. Uh, it or, was that mind blowing. Right. Or, it was um, that mind blowing. Or wait, was it MC Trouble or somebody else to say it's really real? Um, five o'clock in the morning. I can't remember who did that song, but uh, who's now oh, passed? But right, but I literally asked, "Is this really real?" Yeah. In our chat. So the, yeah, the, <laughs> so the short story was so uh, after last week's show, uh, we as we talked about it, we were, we were kind of looking into it, and the the next morning, oh uh, yeah, and the the, the next morning, yeah, it was next morning. Um, uh, it just said it was like, "Hey, it's out there, the, the out there, the tar- on Target." And I just got mine, and I got um, and I and I got a you know a confirmation email on it. So I went out there and tried to to find it myself, and I found the listing. Well, I didn't find the listing at first because you know it was saying that it was not shippable, unlike as it was for him. So after a couple of refreshes, it was it ended up being shippable to to me. But as I was putting it into, but somewhere between me putting it into the cart and actually paying for it with going to get my credit card, it was like, nope, this thing is no longer available. So (laughs) try again later. Something something to that effect. So I told, so, you know, and me and Stephanie was talking about this on the back channel after that. And I was like, that's kind of silly. What the hell? After we talked, um, and probably a little while, it wasn't that much longer later after we talked. I had refreshed a couple of the different matter of fact, cause I was refreshing it during the whole time we were talking at the, you know, <laughs> during that, um, it went back on and available. So I re quickly, since I had my credit card and stuff on me re quickly went and put it in my cart and pay for it. And they, and I got a, a, um, an email about it and was like, this, we were still saying and, and updated, uh, agent 70 about it. And we were still like, wait, is this actual real? Or this was like target screwed up some kind of way. Both could still apply, but <laughs> hey, don't jinx me because mine is coming tomorrow. Apparently. I mean, yeah, but you see, I got mine, so I'm pretty sure you're going to yes. get yours. Yeah, um, Roddy Cat got his, and I am so happy, so happy that he got it because Roddy Cat is not the 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 uh, the, the Marvel Legend aficionado and collector that I am. So sure. it's sometimes difficult to kind of cherry pick the ones that you really, really want. So I'm glad he got something he really, really wanted. Yeah, I still haven't gotten that other um, that, that other storm that you have, but you know, uh, which one is that? The one with the the mohawk? Um, actually, I'm trying oh, to. Oh, the black, co- oh, the black costume, yes. Jim Lee. Oh god. Oh, okay. the black or the white one? Not I don't to... think about it because, but I think that one. Actually, I don't know. I have to check my orders for something. I might. Yeah, the black costume. Yeah, the black costume, Jim Lee version. Not that bad. Not that hard to get. You can actually get that. I think still on Amazon. Well, yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, that, I might have one coming out off of that point, but I don't know when if that's the case. But yeah, but going back to this, uh, two two piece, two back. As you can see here, you know, you got um. 90s era storm not not more oh 70s 80s well yeah but what i'm what i'm getting to it 90s era uh animated series this is more inclined to for those who would know that particular version this is kind of more aligned than that but yes you are right by the it is definitely this well actually this is the black suit so that wouldn't necessarily be the the series. hey this is like the bathing suit no i was about to say this is very much her first appearance the 90s the 90s um the nineties Jim Lee style, the animated series, you know, like she had like the poofy sleeves. Right. So this is like very oh, yeah, much her first appearance. Right. 
this is very much her first appearance. Um, what's cool about it is that it comes with different heads. And unfortunately, they did our man Thunderbird, Thunderbird dirty. Um, he is not that impressive a figure, but we do get another member of the all new, uh, all different X Men. Um, you know, from the team because we do know that he bites the bullet in the next issue, so um, or the or two issues later that is, I think. Right. So he comes out in he comes out in giant size. Uh, they see action in ninety five. I think he dies in ninety six. Right. So, and yeah, therein starts the legacy of you know. Thunderbirds dying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I am so jazzed to get the storm tomorrow. The shelf behind me is going to get redone as soon as I get it. Um, you know, it, it's going to be, I'm going to have all of the, uh, the giant size X-Men team except for Banshee. Mm. So waiting on Hasbro to redo Banshee so that we have a full giant size X-Men lineup. Right. As Rod Cat is showing off the box art and rubbing it in that I'm not going to have mine <laughs> for another about 12 to 14 hours, maybe. Yeah, you know, I'm trying so. to show it off because I know i got this, this virtual background that's messing with me, so um, and I don't want to turn it off. But regardless, that is that, and um, I'm happy to have it in my possession. We can, I'm happy We can say, it. say it's real. Yeah, it's really real. Um <laughs> So uh, I will wrap the show with our last ad read of the night and keep it quick with uh, help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. What's up, Danger, and good night, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Um, thank you for each and every one of you for coming out tonight. This has been the Comic Book Chronicles once again. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. We'll see how the news cycle holds out. And like some of the stuff we actually ended up catching on the fly, but you know, sometimes that's how it goes in this game. Right. Next week is actually going to be Baltimore Comic Con. That is correct. So uh, we'll see if anything comes out uh, during the early parts of that show. Right. Which is pretty much the last uh, official, well, the unofficially the official, the last uh, convention, quote unquote, convention of the year. Like, obviously, it's usually New York, but Baltimore has gotten a little bit more cachet in recent years. So. Mm Well, stay tuned for that uh, to see what happens from that. I have been Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, check out his Inktober uh, uh, offerings on Instagram as well as any other musings he's got out there. I'm up to date. Yeah, yeah. Totally up to date. Come check us out. Some good stuff. Uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenetter on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and all those umbrella sites there. And I'm assuming, but I don't know if he's still doing Vine. Oh, not Vine. Uh, uh, Byte, B-Y-T-E, uh, under comic reviews, no vowels. But hey, you can go over there and check him out and see what he's got if you want to. Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, the Osiris of this ish. Um, C.B. Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account. Maybe one of us should try to rest control of that for for a little bit. I don't know, but <laughs> um, but you can go check it out there, and you know, 
all that kind of good stuff. Uh, uh, what's that say? Comic Kron, the Click Nation on Twitter. Also, that's D K L I Q N A T I O N. Also, theclicknation.com, um, where some of the stuff should have been going up, but that's a whole other situation. Um, but also, lastly but not leastly, and of course, comic resources where he's over there writing his face off, as we have seen by the various articles that we have put up here tonight. Very, very busy this week. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say this, even though I don't necessarily have to, we, we, you know, I don't necessarily look at who's writing the stuff a lot of times when I'm pulling the news. So it wasn't like I was pulling favoritism. Just what happened that tempted a lot of stuff that I pulled. But hey, you know what? We're proud of our, our, our dude for, for, for doing this thing. So glad to give that man some clicks. And you should too. Go check out the stuff. Uh, that aside, uh, you can also go to find this here program on Coastal the Podcast Network, that's CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast original place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. You can find us here every Thursday, pretty much every Thursday, because, you know, being things where they are, we don't have a, a movie protocol to speak of. Um, oh, I, mean, I haven't <laughs> thought of that in a long time. I, Actually, movie protocol. Yeah, I still... We might, have, we might have holiday protocol. We'll see. We will you see. That's, that's, yes. that's coming up. We know, are definitely in the into the holiday. Yeah, we are definitely into the holiday season, and we'll see how that works out uh, for us coming through. In fact, wait, is... I know uh, Halloween is on this year. Halloween fell on a weekend. Shout out to Ghetto Boys. But, right. uh, well, yeah, November, uh, um, Thanksgiving is pretty much the one that is the that, one that, that always that falls on, on a show because, day. Yeah, because it's on a Thursday when we air. So we'll see how that works out. But regardless, um, blah, 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 you can catch us here every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. live on the... Uh, the, the Click Nation's YouTube channel, or you could also find us on Twitch. That's the uh, that's excuse me, that's Twitch. That TV slash Comic Book Chronicles, uh, where we go live on both through the magic of the internet. Through the magic of the internet, exactly. But if you don't catch us there, or catch the archives of both of those in both of those places, you can catch us uh, after the fact on the, the Coastal of the Podcast Network, on the audio phone, when it comes out on, say, let's say Sunday at this point, looks like it's, you know. Yep. At least by Sunday, but we will definitely try to be, you know, we will try to keep putting that out there when it does come out. But check around Saturday and Sunday for us. And with that, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. We're good, number one.